Tom Chick, you're listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast, where this week... Just leave that on. That's <laughs> Do you like a little Marshall Math? Yeah, I like it. Movie Podcast. Uh, this week, uh, we are going to talk The Hangover Part 2. I am Tom Chick. I am joined by Christian uh, McCarsky, uh, uh, I think. Christian McCarsky. Uh, just say Joe. And Kelly Wand, who uh, might have a hangover part two related tagline for us, Kelly Wand. Is that too much to hope for, or do you have something for us? Uh, the Speed 2, Home Alone 2, Escape from L.A., The Heretic, Honey, I Blew Up the Placenta, Arthur 2 on the Rocks, Mannequin 2 on the Move, Zapped Again, Fierce Creatures, Cocoon, The Return to the Hangover, Sextology. Wow. You didn't even take a breath. That was like all in one. That was good, Kelly Wand. Mm. Kelly Wand. And I Swallow. Wait, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Would you like Spoiler. to tell me where you've received your training, Kelly Wand? Chechnya, Afghanistan, uh, Pakistan. Some dude told me he read Rolling Stone that Kevin Smith smoked pot for the first time, and it made him realize he sucks as a filmmaker. So weed is instructive. That's what I got. Uh, I would have thought Kevin Smith was on that particular bandwagon long ago. That's what I would have thought, but that's apparently what happened. That's quite a revelation. Yeah, see? Um, if he'd smoked pot a lot earlier. We would have gotten fewer Chasing Amy's. That movie's so overrated. <laughs> Dingus, I think, will defend Chasing Amy. Dingus, is that you true? Will? Well, yeah, Dingus, will you defend Chasing Amy? I will. Yeah. In comparison to Clerks 2 or in comparison to... Um, what's Dingus in comparison to 2001. <laughs> Uh, I I will defend uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah, I like that one because he didn't write it. Is that true? He didn't write Zach and Mary make a porno. Right. Who he also that? didn't write Cop Out though. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to do a line from Cop Out. You ready? Knock, I knock. think I know. Oh no! Hell no! 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 Now, Kelly Wand, you do the... Uh, I was going to do it. I wanted oh. to hear him keep going. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't finish yet. Off. He wasn't done yet. Oh, do I have to say, Damn. hells no, 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 mm-mm. Now, Kelly Wand, you do the Bruce Willis part, go. Who's there? That was so uh, half-assed of Dingus, though. He really didn't, he didn't pour his soul in it. He was not invested. And speaking of things... He's that, so white. Speaking of things that don't have soul poured into them, let's talk about this week's movie. Uh, yeah. Is that a spoiler, by the way? Dingus, what is this week's movie, by the way, before we spoil anything? Uh, Hangover, or Dingus, yeah, tell us what we saw this week in spoiler-free terms. All right, well, this week we saw The Hangover Part 2. It's the part two, you see. Uh, Is it two or part two? Because I thought it it was just two. It's part two, because the first one isn't finished, so this is part two. Right. Ah. This is a 2011 American comedy mystery sequel movie. It is directed by Todd Field and written by John Lucas and Scott Moore. Wait, hold on. No, I'm sorry. It was written by uh, Todd Phillips, Craig Mazin, and Scott Armstrong. I'm sorry. The film is about... Did you say a podcast? 
What? Except was that was that some in the bedroom humor? No, I did not do any in the bedroom humor. I accidentally I uh, accidentally said the guys who wrote The Hangover for this one, and I apologize. I meant the guys who wrote Hangover Part Two. Well, no, wait, hold on, because I don't know. Do, say the director's name again. Todd Field. Okay, who directed In the Bedroom? Uh, Todd Friend. Am I? <laughs> I thought who's Todd Phillips? Is it Todd Phillips who wrote this one? I'm very confused. There's a, there's an actor turned director who did In the Bedroom with uh with Tom Wilkinson, Sissy Spacek, uh, and I thought his name was Todd Fields, and Todd Phillips was the old school Hangover director. Angus I, is trolling you. And he you, is okay. So I see. You're so such it, an idiot. You let him. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a in the bedroom. To get trolled by Dingus really is a disgrace. No offense, Dingus. <laughs> not that you're not awesome at trolling. All right, so carry on, Dingus. Uh, anyway, it was written by uh, Phillips, some guy named Phillips, uh, uh, Craig Mazin, and Scott Armstrong. Uh, the film is about three friends who lose a member of the wedding party during a crazy night out in Bangkok before their wedding uh, it stars Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, and Mason Lee. Uh, the film is rated R for pervasive language, including 113 F-words, or uh, derivatives thereof. Uh, it has strong sexual content, including graphic nudity and brief violent images. And one parent advisory says the following. The movie is incredibly vulgar in every category possible. Wait, hmm. what? That's a what, lot of categories. What, what's possible, man? It means everything. Everything you can possibly be vulgar in, it is possibly vulgar in every category. Huh. What about um, technical expertise? It is vulgar in that as well. Good job. Oh. So mechanical engineering. Uh, it's vulgar in its uh, sound design and in its sound editing as well. Cuisine? Yeah, with the craft services vulgar. That's that's yes. what I'm curious about. It is. Kelly, give us a spoiler-laden synopsis, why don't you? Uh, Wait, would you? Are you dreading this? I don't care anymore. All right. <laughs> There's nothing at stake. <laughs> if they didn't care, why should I care? Good point. That's a very fair point. Uh, the hungovsis, I call it. Mm-hmm. I titled this one the first time um also i have something a little special planned for tonight oh is it like a trivia contest or something no because our contests are always epic fails so i thought instead um based on the movie since like if you saw the first movie you already kind of know what happens in the second movie i'm just going to give you the, the synopsis of the 38th movie so it's hangover 38 very good synopsis so it opens with Bradley Cooper. This is Hangover 38, by the way, not Hangover 2, Part 2. It's Hangover Part 38, even hungover here. Wait, is it so Part 38, or is it just numbered that? <laughs> and what, what? Every category possible. Titling, <laughs> subtitling, colons <laughs> in the titles, totally vulgar. It looks like two nipples to me. Those is, it, is it still directed by Todd Fields? <laughs> yeah, Kim Fields, the 2D. On Facts of Life directed. Oh, uh, why you got to go there? Why do you bring up thing? Kimmy? I loved Kimmy. But she's not. She's alive. It's okay to make fun of them if they're alive. It's not like Jeff Connelly. Oh, I meant the Kimmy yeah. in the movie. Sorry. Go ahead. There's a Kimmy? Yeah. 
That's the monkey's That's name. Not... No. <laughs> monkey had a name? Yeah. All right. Well, let, enough about that movie. Let's talk about this fictitious movie I wrote a synopsis for. Hangover That's... Part 38. Yeah. Hangover Part 38, even hungover here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one opens with Bradley Cooper in Rio calling White Doug's wife and saying, okay, forget the last 37 times. This time we really fucked up. And she's all, yeah, yeah, I never get tired of this role at all. It's really liberating for me as a brunette actress. Oh, I mean, what happened? Oh, my God, no way. You guys, I'm concerned. Hooray for Todd Fields. Put me on hold for a 90-minute flashback. My reaction is meaningless and never shown anyway. I love you. I mean, Doug. Why aren't you calling your own wife ever? Never mind. Bye. <laughs> That's more lines than she really had, if you think about it. And then it flashes back to five minutes earlier, and the wolf pack's been lovably reunited because Chow's getting married to Mike Tyson on Mars. <laughs> because it's 38. They had to change some things by that time. And then he invites them to the face on Mars to have one last drink. And Ed Helms tries to get out of it, but the women characters are all, no, you guys should totally go have a drink together and not invite us along. We totally trust you this time. We're confident that you learned your lesson from the last 37 drinks together. So they're all, all right. And they clink their space bags of scotch together. And Zach Galifianakis makes a speech about Mars's rotation. And the time-lapse sunset becomes sunrise and then night in three seconds because the Martian day is only three seconds long, and they wake up in Rio, and they're all, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember anything since one of us said something about nights we'll never forget. And Zach Galifianakis goes, sorry, guys, this wasn't part of the plan. And they're all, what plan? And it turns out he spiked their cocaine with potassium because after the last 30, ah, your cat. (laughs) Uh, Potassium uh, is like the only way after the last 37 hangovers they can still get high. Um. So they look in the mirror, and they're all, oh, my God, Ed Helms, your head, because he has two heads now. So he screams like a woman from both heads. And they go into the bathroom to have a shitting contest while they think about all the clues they've accumulated in their pockets. But then they scream again because there's an alien in the bathtub, and it corbels green bile at them. So they run back out to the motel room, and Ed Helms screams, what the fuck is happening? And then they realize that Bradley Cooper's missing, and their only clue is that his dick's in the margarita glass with a pepperdine cock ring on it, so they know it's either his or someone else's. And they're all, all right, let's solve the mystery. The audience will totally relate to having amnesia, hopefully with respect to the last 37 installments of this franchise about headaches and vomiting. So Zach Galifianakis knows from reading Star Trek that aliens eat brains, So they decide to go steal one, and they break into a mansion. But unfortunately, they pick the director of Battle L.A.'s house. So when they open his head, it's empty. And Ed Helms is all, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And they find out they were so drunk last night that Ed Helms got married again. But they don't know to whom he got wedded until they win a car chase to the uh, iconic Rio Wedding Center, where they find out that Ed Helms is now married to his work. So some gangsters try to kill them, but nobody dies. 
except when Zach Galifianakis launches an E. coli virus canister from his butthole to distract the Brazilian feds, and it kills everybody on Earth. So they decide to have drinks, and Bradley Cooper's dick calls Doug's wife and says the stuff from before, and she's all, why don't you just call me at the beginning, since that's when you always figure everything out somehow by some random bullshit association. And Ed Helms is staring at that big statue of Jesus in Rio, and he's all, that's it, I know where he is. And they realize they left Bradley Cooper on the surface of the sun. So they go rescue him, but now they're running late for the wedding, so they steal these telepods. But Zach Galifianakis crashes his in a Mount Rushmore. Um, but they make it to the wedding, and Ed Helms makes a speech about how awesome he is for not causing too many deaths. And none of the women are mad at all that the guys are all late and retarded and hungover and have hooker semen in them, just like in RL. <laughs> and then Wilson Fields comes out and sings a song because Zach Galifianakis refused to work with Tom Sizemore, and then nothing funny happens, except that the characters' marriages all remain intact. The end. Hangover oh, 38. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. wait. We, what about the, the series of photographs? Yeah, yeah. Credits? Seriously, if you don't explain what happened and all the jokes with the pictures, Kelly. Yeah, do we get that in the 38th installment, or have they given up on it? No, they quit that around 24. Because <laughs> it was getting old. Can they just beam them directly into our heads at that point? Is there is there a button after the credits are over? No, that's Thor. Ah, uh, good point. You, they're called buttons. Um, you know what? I maybe isn't. Is, uh, I mean, you guys heard that term? That's what you call the little like hook at the end of a, like a trailer or at the end. Of, they're called set pieces. I'm going to go with that. They're called they're called mise en scene. Uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes from Bridesmaids is "I hate buttons." <laughs> Let's do quotes from Bridesmaids for for the next forty five minutes. You guys okay with that? I would be so happy. Let's do that. I hate <laughs> buttons. Okay, you guys, your turn. Wait, I want to do one. Okay, that's not ahead. clever. Remember when he goes, "That's not clever," and she's like doing stunts in the car. Ah, I do. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to do That's one. That's not clever. I'm going to do one. You ready? Come on! <laughs> so that was it. it sounded like Brooklyn accent, but it was intended to be like an Irish accent. I don't know right. if you guys would catch that. All right, here's my response. Really? <laughs> that cop talks weird. <laughs> uh, remember, right, you guys? Sir. You guys remember how you remember bridesmaids? That was that was good. Remember that? Laughing. Remember when you were in a packed theater and people were laughing? Because there was like funny stuff happening. Remember that? Remember? Remember the characters and bridesmaids? You remember like heart? Remember how much heart? Do you remember like you kind of cared about someone who was on screen? You're like, I like her. She's cool. Remember that feeling? (laughs) That was great. Remember that? Remember that feeling like you're watching a movie you haven't already seen a couple years ago? Remember when there wasn't a monkey that 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 was like creepy and 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 a little disturbing? Remember when that wasn't there? Yeah. Remember when Mr. Chow didn't show up too early? That was- oh, and and remember when Paul Giamatti wasn't uh, wasn't present? <laughs> remember when Mr. Chow didn't jump out of something that he already jumped out of something before? That was great. Oh gosh, that's right. That Mr. Chow jumping. I remember movies with did he that guy that what's his name Ken Jeong? I long for the day when that guy wasn't in a movie I was watching. Boy, do I, I miss that. that. Yeah. 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 Remember when Zach Galifianakis wasn't annoying? Do you guys remember that? Oh. Yeah, like in Due Date? Oh, wait. <laughs> like in Be- Between Two Ferns or uh, that thing where he's mentally ill and he's actually acting. Uh, 
what was that called? A funny thing happened on the way to the institution. It was called something like that. So it's a kind of a funny story. There you go. Uh, oh, by the way, I should, we, I don't I don't want to spoil it. Did anybody like this? Let's go around the table. <laughs> Who's going to defend this movie? Kelly Wan, is that going to fall to you this week? Let's take a bet, Tom, because this is what we do every week. <laughs> did, did Kelly Wand like it? I'm going to bet he did because it's right up his alley. There were a lot of like uh, there was a lot of it was vulgar in every conceivable way. And I think and it was R rated. I think that appeals to Kelly Wand. Uh, So I'm going to guess that he loved it. You say he liked it. He liked it. I say that he loved it. Kelly Wand, which one of us is closest? Hmm. Guess what I thought. I think we've we've run him off. Uh, All right. So uh, Kelly Wand has been shamed off of the podcast for his fondness for uh, Hangover 2, which is a shame. That's a little weird. It is. It is. Uh, Hi. Hi. All right. So uh, we we covered your part of the podcast, Kelly Wand, so you're fine. You're good. (laughs) Back. We made a bet about uh, how much you loved the movie. I betted, I betted that you loved, loved it, liked it amount. Yeah, I heard. And, and Tom betted you loved it, loved it amount. Well, let me just say that having been to Bangkok, my experiences with the whores were pretty mixed. But other than that, it was really wretched. Kelly, not- is there a reason they call it Bangkok? It's super hot, and like there's 12 lanes of traffic, and each car moves in an alternating direction. Explain that to me. I'll even give them the chopsticks, the song, but not the cutlery. But explain the traffic thing. I can't help you there, I'm afraid. My my knowledge of Bangkok uh, comes from, I think I can think of three movies that were set in Bangkok that made me think Thailand was a really cool, slightly magical place. This movie made me think that Thailand was just like Vegas with a lot of Asians in it. The beach? The beach is one of them, the early parts ah. of the beach. Uh, Bangkok and, dangerous. Oh, my God, no. The one, a, what's the Kate Beckinsale one? I don't know Kate Beckinsale one in Bangkok. Her and uh, what's the chick from Terminator 3? Uh, Christiana Loki or something like that. Am I right? Am I close? Claire Danes. Oh. Claire Danes, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> uh, and they go to Bangkok? Yeah. Do they have a prison? No, there's no. There's a women in prison movie set in Bangkok with Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale. Oh, and yeah. um, and Vince Vaughn. Return to... Wait, that's a different one. Oh. That Vince Vaughn one's the uh, Anne Heche one. Oh, sorry. Yes, to go... Anyway, let me just say and answer your question about the bet. I think if you're a really stupid 14-year-old boy, you maybe prefer this movie to Bridesmaids in the same way that the NBA you'd prefer to the WNBA. But, I mean, that's the only person who could like this movie more than Bridesmaids, I think. Right? I mean, it's the same shit. Was it – I mean, I can see them – it being funny if they were going to make the whole movie a joke about, oh, it's the exact same thing. But then at the end, they, you get the sense that they didn't want, they didn't mean for that to be intentional or for us to get that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I agree. Really? Uh, <laughs> I think well, they were just, say too, they're they're just too afraid to make a new movie, and so they made the same movie. But that's, 
I mean, I mean, they went to a lot of hassle to make this movie, and they spent a lot of money on it. So if you're going to go that much trouble, why would you puss out on? I don't know. It's just such a weird choice. I've well, never seen anything. I can't think of it's another sequel where it's like literally the same movie in every like scene for scene. There was no Has tiger. In this one. There was no. There was no tiger in this one. I know Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars are pretty similar. I think they, you know, what's what's most infuriating about this is that it's it was clear to me what the sequel should be, and the the and instead they decided to try to squeeze more uh, blood out of a stone and make three movies where two movies should exist. But it wasn't blood. Urine, then. I would have wanted blood. I don't know. I mean, it just – I saw this with a, a full crowd at midnight screening. Everyone seemed really psyched up for it, and then it was just dead silence. Oh, it was like it was, my, my crowd, too, was – it was a pretty uh, pretty full audience in the middle of a Saturday, and they were bored to death. Yeah. I felt bad for them. They could have, the only way to make, have made this work was either it's the same cast, but they're just playing different characters, like fierce creatures kind of thing. Or it's the same characters, but there's no hangover. I mean, it, the, the only point where I go, oh, I see what they're doing is when Chow dies <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, so they're really spicing it up from the different. They're changing it up a little. It's not going to well, be I, the exact thing. I, I felt then, good for Tom at that point. I felt good for me, too. Yeah, because like, I oh, hate that guy. Oh, yeah, we don't have to watch him anymore. Get him out of the way. I thought that was a joke they did just for me. Like, ah, Simon, yeah. you thought he was going to be in this movie. They needed him for a car chase because they couldn't use that Galifianakis to initiate the car chase. Because he doesn't have a driver's license? license? Right. He only can crash speedboats, not cars. Uh, the other two movies I wanted to mention that were in Bangkok that I liked, there's one called Last Life in the Universe, art house movie. Nobody here's uh, Dingus has seen it. Nobody else has seen it. Uh, there's a, an action movie that just came out on DVD this week called, it, it's horrible. It's called uh, Elephant White. And uh, Jumun Hansu, I think I got a close approximation of his name, <laughs> is like this super assassin uh, kind of dude who is assassinating people in Bangkok, and he works for an emaciated Kevin Bacon, who plays like an, an arms dealer. And it's a terrible movie, but it was like some local production in Bangkok. He got the sense that it was somebody who was really familiar with the city. They were in all these cool locations. They did this cool stuff with like monks. Um, you know, of course, they dealt with like the whole the, the prostitution and the, the girls. And ultimately, the movie kind of thought it was making a uh, statement about the slave trade, but it wasn't. It was just a trashy action movie. But it made Bangkok seem really cool. Uh, I, got, I loved the locations there. And there is one point in Hangover Part 2 where they go up on top of that building. Uh, I was like, yeah, this looks like some awesome, like weird like hotel rooftop setting, and we're going to have some cool set piece with the city in the background. And the helicopter comes up, and I was like, yeah, cool. All right, here's going to be the budget of the movie. Now it's going to really let loose. Yeah. And then everybody just walked off the roof. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Jemaita goes, yeah, I'm a cop. And I, can't, I, <laughs> I can't help you. Yeah, we're just resetting. I was just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had that, I thought for sure that roof was going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Because they all had guns out. You can see the guns. Like, oh, this will be good. Well, here's why I thought that. Because the amount of money the first movie made, and right now how I think 
I, I guess maybe I'm overestimating the, what, what they assume. I mean, actually, the movie did well, but I, can't, I couldn't help but see when Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis first showed up in the movie. I was like, yeah, these guys are probably getting a lot of money. So there's going to be a, a – yeah, they're getting tons of money. This is going to be a big budget. At some point, there's going to be just something really expensive happening. Right. There uh, has to be. Exactly. There has to be. It's Memorial Day release day. Right. Right. A crowded yes. summer. Yeah, and I think that, you know they got the, maybe the most expensive thing, even 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 just like renting that crappy speedboat. I mean, they love uh, were in love with the what? fact that they were all on the speedboat. They just uh, their helicopter shots of the speedboat, and I just felt like there was like ten minutes of watching them ride around in a speedboat. And I was uh, even then I was kind of like they don't even look like they're having that much fun. No, and there's no tension. Like, why are they even? Who gives a shit? And, it, you know, it's indicative. Plus, the, the wrong guy is fucking driving it. God damn it. Who was driving? Zach. But what you, who yeah, right? Alan's driving it, but Mason, Mason Lee should be driving the, the kid, Teddy, should be driving it. I mean, how is fucking Alan going to figure out? Oh, fuck this movie. Also, you know what else fuck this movie? I like that the kid's a pre-med student, so now that he's lost a finger, he's totally useless as a doctor. Not to mention <laughs> as a cellist. As, as a cellist. Yeah, and as a cellist, right. The dad's fine with that, because Ed Helms yelled at him. That works out. But you know that irony? That speedboat, though, is indicative of what the movie does. So they get the speedboat, yeah. get them driving in it. They don't, they're just, they're just literally just standing there in the boat. They do helicopters in the boat. Then it's coming up to the, uh, the the wedding and they'd sort of drive that joke into the ground like oh god they're gonna run aground and sure enough they run aground but as if they didn't think that they've you know when you mentioned blood from a stone as if they didn't think they had wrong enough out of something that already wasn't that funny or that glamorous there's a shot of zach galifianakis throwing the anchor out of the speedboat that like, was okay no that, that wasn't funny at all i mean no, he's dumb it was totally dumb. It was it was as leaden as the movie itself. Like that's their joke that they come up with. They drive the boat up and then, hey, Zach, pretend you're you know throw the anchor out. That'll. Be- it was at least a joke, and there hadn't been a joke by that point for like at least ten minutes. So I was like, oh, an anchor joke. You know what though? I think they they really thought like they thought that Ken Jeong's teeny penis was really funny. They loved that. Oh, Mike Tyson sings. Oh my it's God, like, Mike Tyson. Oh, they're so congratulating themselves for the Hangover. They're just sucking their own dick. Now that's the thing is, did they know that Mike Tyson can't sing? Well, like, what did they, they knew that in the first movie? But then this, it was such a hit, they all went, "Wow, they really like this Mike Tyson." I yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. What These guys, dude, trust me. They never. When something makes money, it makes everyone's heads explode, and nothing's ever the same again. I've seen it. Ha- it happens every time. It happened to the fucking Star Wars. Do you know there've been good sequels, Kelly Wand? Yeah, but back in the seventies, there hasn't been a good one since <laughs> Godfather Two. Uh, I mean, we lost the technology. Name the last great sequel. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, 28 days later. 28 weeks later. Yeah, good job. Good see, the problem days. is you've got, to, you've got to give – that was a blockbuster. 28 weeks later did very well, considering the, the budget and the, the return it made. Yeah, that was, that was a big move. No the thing, thing is, here's what you got to do for a sequel, though, Kelly Wand. You have to give the sequel to a non-American director. That's, that's what I think it's about. Do the movie and then give it to a foreigner with a, a very different filmmaking palette. That's my advice. Um, I don't know. What about James Cameron and Aliens? Oh, that was a whole different – but again, that, that was for all intents and purposes the 70s. 
Early, it was like the 80s, which are close the to late the late 80s. 80s. Yeah, late 80s. That's, you know what? The 20th century. That was the 20th century. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think everything from Fatty Arbuckle to James Cameron can fall under one bar graph. I just – I don't understand what in the world they thought they were doing with this movie. They were lazy pieces of it, shit. It's, what they it's were. beyond lazy. lazy. I mean, you have Zach Galifianakis, and you have him saying things like Thailand, and uh, you you should have used my pager. I mean, he's making things that aren't. He's just constantly just dropping jokes out there that aren't even jokes. And then to have him be the the guy who does it again, I, I just constantly despised the yeah. characters in this. I despised them. I mean, how do you, how do you make dis- a comedy where I despise every character? Come on, there's got to be something. Because they're doing something that they can't be – if they do something like that happened in the first movie, if they do that again, they're total assholes. <laughs> like it, if they let themselves – like Alan's now done it twice. Well, from the that from the moment where the where the wife is con, is convincing Doug, just take yeah. Alan along, oh, and he doesn't yeah, put up great. any right. any objection whatsoever. <laughs> and then they walk into Alan's room, and there are all those pictures up, and Stu doesn't immediately just walk out and say "fuck this." I mean, yeah. none of it makes any sense. And when when Alan is insulting Teddy from the get go, and nobody stands up for Teddy really, and says, "You know, Teddy's invited." You get the fuck off the plane, bitch. I mean, nobody acts like a human being. It's just, it's just totally stupid. I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. They're not giving Zach Galifianakis funny jokes, and and it's all just the same shit. Even the first like, scene with uh, with Ed Helms and Bradley Cooper, where Bradley Cooper's trying to steal the, the prescription pad, and Ed Helms is, and one of them even says like "fuck you" to the other one, and it just, it seems yeah. like petty, and like these guys didn't like each other in the first yeah. place, and just it's just right off the bat on the wrong note. Actually, even earlier than that, when it does the, I think we should call this the Dingus time shift. You know, it does that whole thing, and one week earlier, you know, it does the opening scene of them on the rooftop. Then it does the one week earlier. Then we have that weird scene with Ed Helms and Bradley Cooper, where I'm like, they're they're friends. They're kind of jerks to each other, and I don't get a sense that they like each other. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole, the whole point was like the first movie made them friends. Like they were went through the right, being right. tour together. But then that first scene totally contradicts that. It's like, right. oh no, they hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> they hate Zal Galifianakis. They avoid his calls. But it's like ever since the the first hanger was the last time Zach Galifianakis was playing like a likable character. Like he was a lovable loser in that movie, and he actually cared about the guy they were trying to find. And this, he's the kidnapper. Yeah. He's a dick and due date. He's a total asshole. There's one line that I liked, where I, but I, I, upon reflection, I realized that they only put the line in there to get the characters to move. But when they go up to the roof. Because they think, ah, first movie, he's on the roof. Let's go up there. So they right. go up on the roof, and he's not there. And at one point, the scene is played out. The, the writer hasn't given them any more dialogue. So in order to get them to leave, Bradley Cooper looks over at Zach Galifianakis' shaved head, and he says, we got to get you out of the sun, get you a hat, which is this really cool sort of like tender, caring thing to say to someone. And like for a moment, I'm thinking, is there is like, does he actually care about Alan at this point? Is he actually being genuinely caring? And I realized, no, it's just so they can transition to them walking around in a market and Zach Galifianakis in a funny hat with a bag of Slurpee or whatever that was. Um, and also, he wants yeah. to keep Zach Galifianakis from having an outburst, so he's he's not thinking of his health; he's worrying about his own health. I well, would the, argue. The, the problem is that <laughs> Doug 
has been in this family all however many years is this two years I, I don't know how much time has passed since Stu has unceremoniously lost Heather Graham somehow because yeah. the end of the hangover has does have kind of a sweet moment where you feel like you know Stu might fall in love with his whore wife Heather Graham I mean there's this yeah. sweet moment and then it's just like eh, you know fuck that we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna get her so he's got a new wife and yeah you know, what happened there? that because you know, and the 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 thing is that Doug has been because Stu, I mean, because Alan is a part of Doug's life, because Doug and Alan are in the same family now, right? Brother in law. Doug has seen Alan acting like a douche all of this time, calling yeah, his mom up two for years. snacks and all of that shit. So that when when Doug's wife says, "Come on, please ask Alan," it's not like. Oh, the last time I saw Alan was in the last movie I was in with him. No, no, you've been living with him, so you know what a douche he is. Uh, I mean, I mean, and and, and all Alan and, does is act like a douche constantly. When we find out that Alan has done it again, all I do is hate him and uh, not understand why anybody would ever want to be in a room with him or any of these fucking people. Yeah, he tried to kill uh, a seventeen-year-old kid. <laughs> That's his character in the movie. Uh, Let's put him in charge of driving us home in this boat. He's since he knows how to drive it. He's the because he grew up on yacht clubs as a kid. You, you know the, the the thing is, I mean, I think a, a decent idea for a sequel would have been to have it be Alan's wedding, and and then have everybody have to go to Alan's wedding and see what happens then. I think right. then you might have some sort of weird original thing happen. But to have it be Stu and have Alan do the same thing he did last time and have everybody do the same things is useless. Now, Dingus, in Alan's wedding, would he be marrying a generic-looking model chick, or would it be an actual actress? I think he's yeah, marrying. I like Mr. Your idea too. I think he's marrying Mr. Chow, and that would make you love. Oh God, why would you go there, Dingus? That's just now. See, you were you were on a roll with a good pitch for a good movie there. Yeah, you blew it. I think. Ellen Page. No. No? Okay. She wouldn't sleep with Zach Galifianakis. Well, that's you got to come up with a justification for it. You gotta, she's just another... She's the... How about the nut job chick from uh, Dinner for Schmucks? Who was that? Dude, did you see the preview for that Steve Carell movie? No. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what about uh, the two stories that I want to see? Yes. What about the kid flashback sequence? That was a brief moment. Or like, oh, this movie, I don't hate it. Like at that moment when they were showing kid versions of themselves, I remember Budsy I would have, I would have rather the whole movie been that. Yeah, like Budsy Malone. Budsy yeah, Malone, been a prequel. Hangover two. Yeah. And they're little kids having their first. Or day. no, even just as it occurs in Alan's imagination, where he's still a kid. Everybody he knows is as a kid. Uh, and those yeah. those same actors like looking alike. I was like, do that. Uh, I briefly it's to get him to the Greek spinoff of. Are they kids and get him to the Greek? I, I don't see a lot of Russell Brandt movies, Kelly Wan, so they'll have to cover for me there. Uh, I didn't mean it to undermine my last comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to give you guys lines, and I want you to rate the lines on a scale of 1 to 10 for how funny they are. Are you guys ready? I'm excited. Okay. Attributing. Uh, Miracle values to things is always exciting. Right. So starting with Dingus. Dingus, on a scale of 1 to 10, how funny is he's farting because of his medication? So that happens to me, too. 
So uh, right. I would say four. A four. All right. We're giving that a four. Kelly Wan, how funny is solid rack for an Asian? Seven. Seven. Good. I agree, actually. Wow. Okay, Dingus, now here's one for you. I wish monkeys could Skype. Mm, I wish I could be on, on this one. No, you get you get a better one, Kelly Wan. Hold on. Is Dingus, how are you? given Dingus the Drek ones. You're, you're actually making me mad now. So... <laughs> So one, and that's not easy to do. He hasn't been mad since last wait, week. Wait, do you hear no. Kelly's final line? Wait, do you hear the last one? He gets to rate. Uh, I'm, yeah, your, go ahead and give that a one because that just pissed one. me off. So go ahead. Right, yeah. This is one, another Allen line that was not a not a joke. I give it a oh, dingus. Oh, dingus right. See, I've saved I've saved the piece de resistance for Kelly Wand, and here you go, Kelly Wand. I want you to rate on a scale of one to ten. How funny is this line? When a monkey nibbles on a penis, it's funny in any language. So that's better than I wish monkeys could Skype. Well, I'm afraid you're wrong. Dingus, you've won the contest. <laughs> you know what I wrote in my notes when I realized that that quote was, uh, well, I guess, except in my language. <laughs> See? Now that's a nine. Very that's good. a small nine. Dingus, you should have written The Hangover Part 2. Yeah, that's funnier than a lot of the lines. Uh, what did you guys think of Samir the Gunseller? Is he the same character as the first Todd Phillips movie character? He's the same but, actor. He also right. was Eddie, the wedding chapel guy in the first Hangover. Oh, but is he supposed to be the same? Like not everyone the same else character. Is, like, it's it's just using what? the same actor. Who knows why? <laughs> so they so they, they did it in one instance, but everyone at like Chong's the same or Chow, Kim Jong Yo was playing Mr. Ching. Uh, Kevin, you must have appreciated, because I know you're a big proponent, you're a fan of R-rated movies, you must have loved all the male frontal nudity in this, because it was very R-rated. So, did that work for you? Uh, wait, that was his penis? <laughs> there were a lot of penis showing, and I, I saw at least three. There was hardly any female nudity, and I've noticed that's a trend, too, lately. To no not more boobs, only dicks. There were a lot of boobs. That not exploitation. There were boobs with dicks. Or with the boobs. boobs. I only noticed dicks, but the boobs, boobs were often above dicks, and that boobs might have dudes. been. Yeah. Oh, well, those don't count as boobs. Yes, they do. Those, were, those, those are boobs. Those are still great boobs. What are you talking about? Oh, that's just like looking at balls. Also, Kelly Wand, uh, Bradley Cooper had his shirt open a lot. Did that? Did that do much for you? Oh, he looks photoshopped. <laughs> uh, there, here's okay. I'm gonna go. I'm glad I stuck around for the credits because there was one thing that I, I wouldn't say that it was funny, but it elicited a reaction from me. Uh, now, there, there's a, a famous photograph. Uh, right. uh, AP photographer named A. Adams did this famous photograph of Vietnam, of a police oh, chief oh. sh shooting a prisoner in the head, and he won a Pulitzer Prize for it. It's, it's sort of the iconic image from the Vietnam War. And when they're showing those pictures at the end, Bradley Cooper and Ken Jeong are goofing around with this pistol that Ken Jeong is, and they, they do a quick imitation of that picture. And I, I just sort of gasped when I saw that and thought, you know, I, I that's kind of bold. I know that it's funny. It's a little in poor taste. Uh, it upset Ebert quite a bit. Oh, did, no, it? did it really? Did he comment? Yeah. That? He said, never, ever should have used that. 
It's like one of the first things. Well, you know, I, I, I think if the movie had been like I was uncomfortable seeing that. And if the movie had pushed that button more often than the, hey, look, penises are funny. The, the monkey, a uh, monkey joke is funny. I, you know, it's almost like uh, when we were talking about your highness uh, and there's the weird scene where that they're implying that the puppet had molested James Franco as a kid. <laughs> Dingus didn't Which like that. Hilarious. Right, right. Dingus kind of thought that was offensive. Kelly, you thought that was funny. I, I, I didn't particularly find that it was funny, but I respected that the movie w- was leaning towards being that dark. The rest of the movie isn't anything like that. So when I saw that little image at the end of The Hangover, I, you know, it kind of made me do a double take and think, what, would I have enjoyed it more if they'd done more like tasteless stuff like that that wasn't – just kind of like safely tasteless and unfunny, and I, I don't know. I, so I real quick, what did what did Ebert say about that? Just that he, it was a photo he sh- that Todd Phillips should never ever have used. Was were his exact words. Wow. Okay. But I defend it because I think it was in character. I think oh, I think stone dumbasses would do that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And. That's what the movie's about. It's about being well. And as far well, as no, the, those pictures stone, exist. But those pictures exist outside the narrative, and I mean, that, I mean, this is a, I don't know that you can include those because you know the the holding the gun to the monkey's head and that picture that Tom's talking about, which I think is vile. The, those are just in, intended to be cute jokes for us, and also explanations of things that happen in the movie that we don't need explanations of, like how the finger came off, which I would prefer mystery, but. I think those things exist outside the narrative of the film, and they're just for cheap thrills. So I, I don't think that's that. I well, mean, I, I understand what Tom's saying that it would be respectable had it been part of sort of an overall darkness of the movie, but it's just it's just button button shit. Well, but Dingus, don't you don't you feel though? At least certainly in the first movie, and I think they were calling back to this. It doesn't really exist outside the narrative because it's them watching through. The pictures at the end, it's them saying, OK, we're going to look at this once and then delete it. And it's they what don't. they're seeing. And it's like Kelly Wanda saying, it's it's dumbass stuff that people who are just drunk or stoned or roofed. Especially out of these characters, these characters in particular would totally do that joke. <laughs> I mean, but I, I you know, it's definitely pandering yeah, to the totally audience is. stuff, but it does. I, I think it does kind of fit in in the narrative um like i i understand the role of it i, I think uh, i would believe it of those characters and it's so horrifying I, I i don't know i mean what's to me you can make a joke out of anything i i don't, I don't think anything's sacred you have no secret yeah. well i agree with dingus that it was vile but just because something is vile doesn't necessarily mean i didn't maybe find it funny in some dark corner. Sam Kennison had this really hilarious bit where he was like about necrophilia and he's like like he wanted to see if he could do a necrophilia joke, and the setup was like, this is like the sickest thing I could think of to do to try and get a laugh, and it was like how you would feel if you died horribly somehow, and then on top of everything else, now what's going on? It's like you're being necrophiled. <laughs> well, <laughs> that well, was here's, oh. here's, here's here's the <laughs> thing is how how I feel about that because I because I. Life. I I don't feel like uh like you can't joke about anything or you can't use any word or whatever. Um in fact, you know, Tom you you brought up something about the uh the Vegas timeline that like one week earlier thing, right. which which I forgive in this movie and in the first hangover because for me um 
in in these in these particular movies, and this is why I use the word mystery when I talked about the uh, when I did the stupid little uh, synopsis I do. It, it almost has sort of a comedy noir kind of a feel to it, it a, a noir <laughs> sort of structure where where we we have to figure out where this body is and and we're a body floating in we're a body floating in the pool and now we have to figure out what happened in the movie and so there is sort of a noir sort of feeling going on and had we done some of those things within that structure i'd have been fine with that but it still feels like a throwaway joke at the end that is unnecessary for the narrative and okay, i agree you know i don't sure. need to know it's- how teddy loses his finger i mean that's cute it's a cute picture whatever but I'd rather just be left wondering, gee, I wonder how Teddy lost his finger. Could have been any number of things. A tiger could have been in off. But but that he did it I in like sort of a, a bishop thing, that's that's cute. That's fine. But I don't need to know that, and it's a throwaway joke. And that, that Vietnam picture is just thrown in with those other jokes of penises and uh, knives and fingers and whatever. And I think that's useless. Now, didn't they? I could be mistaken. I haven't seen the first Hangover in a while. But wasn't there something like that? Like, was it with Ed Helm's tooth, or, or there's something that that is a question that's unanswered all the way to the end of the movie? And then the yes. photographs. But then, that in the photographs, isn't there a, a mystery that's solved in the first Hangover? I could be mistaken about that. Uh, well, you see, Heather Graham tells him about the tooth. It's a bet because Alan Bedemy couldn't remove his own tooth. But you see him doing it in the pictures. That's right. But there's also Zach Galifianakis getting fellatio from a little old woman, <laughs> a little midget lady. That res- mystery is resolved. I don't. Supposedly, it tells in the in the first montage how Bradley Cooper was at the hospital or what he was there for. But I never understood from the montage right. what that was. Does uh, that help I, you at all? That, that like a little bit. Okay, great. Now I didn't stay to the end of the credits. Was there? Did they find Thor's hammer or anything at the end? Nothing. No, I guess I know you stayed at the end of the credits. Yeah, there's nothing. All right. Not even there sound. Was, I think they found a shiitake mushroom at the end. One, two, three, not only you Really? Well, let me tell you, that was no shiitake mushroom. <laughs> it tasted like one, though. I didn't know. All right. I would have had something in the chamber, Tom, if I'd known. I thought you wanted to Wait. keep talking about hangover. Is this a magic show? What do you mean you have something in the chamber? Oh, magic show. So many. Uh, let's do a three by three. Speaking of bad movies, uh, this week's three by three. I'm inspired by The Hangover because, uh, well, the stipulation I'm about to tell you about. I want from you guys, and I'll be taking part as well, three bad movies that you like. And I have further stipulated that by bad movies, you must concede that the direction, the performances, and the script are all bad. Uh, Now, this will do a couple of things. For instance... I think uh, at least one and a half of us on this podcast are, are defenders of Armageddon. Armageddon, plenty of people uh. think that it's terrible. Um, but there is, there's a lot of craft in Armageddon, and I think you could say there's maybe a couple of good performances, and you might even, some of the direction in Armageddon is, is very competent. Michael Bay does 
is capable of doing some some good direction. So even something like Armageddon, uh, you you just have to say that throughout performance, script, and direction are all bad, uh, and that you like the movie. So that said, since Kelly Wand is uh, introducing next week's three by three at the end of the podcast, Kelly Wand, you get to go first. What's, what is your third choice for a bad movie that you like? Uh, I will do a quote from it. <laughs> All right. By the way, you think there's going to be much overlap in this three by three, Kelly Wand? Like you think we'll know. be the same movies? Okay. I'm a little I'm a little surprised you guys both thought I would have liked Hangover Two though. Like that makes me just wonder. We, we were we were both trolling you, huh? <laughs> no, I think you must really think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I really don't think I. I don't think anybody I know. I mean, well, not there's some people, but I, I just can't. No, I I'm not for a moment entertained. I'm sitting there watching The Hangover, feeling bad for you guys. Like, oh god, they had to sit through it too. Uh, but you yeah. thought I would have liked that? No, absolutely. I like bridesmaids. You can't like bridesmaids and the Hangover. Too. I just said I just, my, the whole point of that was no, I didn't. I did not think you would like the Hangover. So that's why it's not eligible for this week's three by three because they're bad movies you have to like. You see, right? But everything else works because it's bad direction, script, and performances. So it meets the three pr- criteria except for except the liking part, which is kind yeah, of yeah. Except we none of us we don't like it. Right. So, right, so my number three, this is the one I kind of feel the best about, actually. The other two are kind of iffy, okay? Because it can be argued that they have one of those three things that's not bad, depending on how you feel about. Oh, who gives a shit? Uh, my number three is uh, the 1978 motion picture Laser Blast. Do you know wow, I don't even know this. You haven't seen Laser Blast? It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. I think a lot of things it's going to bring up might be watchable for free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what, I don't know. Tell us about Laser Blast. It's obviously poorly written, poorly directed, and has bad performances. Yes. But what is it, and why do you like it? Um, is it laser with an S or Z? Ah, good point. Very good S. It's all S's. That's and not was, very edgy. Out, no. Well, it came out the year after Star Wars, and there's a part. Okay, the plot of it? <laughs> Neither of you have seen this, because I really fetishized this movie when I was a kid. It came out when I was like nine or ten. I've neither seen of it, or I don't even think I've heard of it. And I saw it repeatedly. I was so obsessed with it. It was so fucking bad, too. It was uh, this this picked-on kid named Billy, this teenager. Oh, wait, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. Okay, these two claymation aliens fight in the desert, and uh, they leave behind a, a laser gun and then leave. And then the picked-on kid finds it. <laughs> And he, uh, it, go, it like slots into his arm, and it doesn't do shit until he finds like a pendant, and he puts on the pendant, and then it, the gun works, and he can blow shit up with it, and he blows up a Star Wars billboard, and a hippie, and a car, and a cop. So is it like a superhero? Like it's like the 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 downtrodden kid finds his finds his inner power. Not quite, because here's the thing: right. the pendant. Uh, it starts turning into a monster. He starts turning into like a zombie. Ah. The longer, so the longer, it's like the ring of power. Like the more you wear it, the more fucked up it makes you. But it makes you super. You have this gun that can blow shit up. Who famous is in it? Anyone? Nobody. Oh no, Roddy McDowell's the doctor. And ah, he, of course. It's like the pendant. He gets like this silver chrome dome on his uh, chest, and Roddy McDowell's like tapping it with a forcep and going, "Frankly, Billy, I'm puzzled." I remember that part. <laughs> 
Like and that was enough to make me see it repeatedly. Like, oh, dude, the scene where he's puzzles coming up. God, if I can see that. What became of the actor who played Billy? Ah, uh, nothing. I think he's dead now. Oh, that's. Uh, was it drugs? Was it a fast life? No, it's because the movie was a documentary and he became a zombie. <laughs> Hang on. All right, uh, laser blast. No, no, no googling. Gonna... no googling. No. Michael Ray directed it, and Keenan wins in it. You know oh well, yeah, of course, of course. See? That's a pretty intense movie. Um, and they were going to make a high budget sequel, but then the director did too much cocaine or something. Now, am I confusing? Is Keenan Wynn the okay? You're going to have to answer the Coca-Cola company. Is that Keenan? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. See. So it's got famous people in it. Yeah. So he. So he's no stranger to science fiction. <laughs> Laser Blast. All right, Kelly. Now I'm curious. Laser Blast. You guys have to see it. It's probably really boring, but watch the trailer for it, and then you'll know if you can handle 80 minutes. You know, you like, see, you'll see how, what the graphics look like. <laughs> you say it's boring, though, but I, I can't imagine bad movies that we like are boring. I mean, there's something fascinating about certain yeah. bad movies. So, All right. No, you've said me. Where it's like that random, like, okay, yeah, and there's a pendant, but it turns you into a monster. Wait, what? <laughs> And then what happens? Oh, okay. It's just awesome. All right. Like they don't, they don't make shit like this anymore. Like now they would obsess over. Okay, but he's he's got to get back together with his parents at the end and love them. Or isn't isn't Green Lantern kind of like that though? You mean Green Hornet? <laughs> don't troll me on it because I now know the difference between Green Hornet and the Green Lantern. By the way, uh, I saw the. I saw the poster. I didn't see the trailer. I saw the poster for Green Lantern. There is on the poster, so I'm guessing they're in the movie. I don't know if you guys know this. In the Green Lantern movie, there's an orc and a slee stack. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? I don't believe you. It's true. If you look at the poster, there's like creatures. There's orcs and there's, I don't know if it's just like other if these are other superheroes or they're monsters he fights or something, but both of those things are on the poster for the Green Lantern. It made me want to see the movie. So Explain why the color yellow is bad to the Greenlanders and how they like why how what kind of possible science is that? Well, from my time in DC Universe Online, Kelly wants yes, Aquaman sells hats on the moon. Go on. What? That sounds like the name of some pop song from the eighties. It's country western. Sad little ballad versus refrain. Yes. Dingus, what is your number three? Bad movie that you like. Uh, I you can give us a line. Yeah, I can give you a line. I All think right. you're going to fight me on this one, though. We're ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I got my. I look for. I'm. You're wrong a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you putting the word lately on this. Does that does that mean well, just, you want us to guess what it is? I do. Kelly Wand, I'm going to guess. Well, wait, is he going to do a quote or something? I mean, we just have to guess. That's our well, only Well, no, once he gives the quote. Here, I think he's going to give us a quote from Avatar. What do you think? Um, He just, I, wait, Avatar, okay, bad script. Uh, it's too much to keep track of. All right. Is there dialogue in Avatar? Uh, I think I see you was the only line. They say that to each other uh, repeatedly over and over. Yeah. <laughs> Diggis, give us a line from your number three bad movie that you like. All right, here's my line. Mm-hmm. The Earth has very deep pockets. Abyssal regions we have yet to discover. Uh, okay, so... I think maybe that's the abyss. No. There's no... 
They don't say abyssal and abyss. We'd remember that. Huh. Sounds too obscure. Well, that's that's my guess. It's that or Avatar, and I don't think it's Avatar. So I give up, Dingus. Over to you, Kelly Wand, if you have a guess. And if not, Dingus, you'll have to let us know. Deep impact. No, the core. No, 50 million miles to Earth. No, mm-hmm. forbidden planet. Earth girls are easy. I don't think Kelly Wand knows either, Dingus. What is it? Into the night. Uh, Which is let, the Kelly, let me know when you're done saying movies. <laughs> okay, my last one is Poseidon Adventure 2. Sally do, you have, do you have any guesses from 1954? Uh, Day of the Earth is still. Creature from the Black Lagoon. No. It's uh, a, little, a little movie called Gojira. Uh, wait, that's a good movie. Except it's pronounced differently. I would argue that the monster out. acts awesome, so it shouldn't. You pronounce it like this. Gojira! Racist. Can you give us an MP3 of a sound effect from that? Movie? Don't oh, you? unfortunately, I can't. I wish I could because I love it. Yeah. So I, I don't even know that I've ever actually seen the original Godzilla. Is it? I mean, it's got to be bad. Uh, they added. You mean pre Raymond Burr, right, Dingus? Oh yeah, I'm talking about the original directed by Ishiro uh, Honda, and it's available for instant watch. <laughs> Dingus, if you had just not tripped up between Gushira and Honda, that would have sounded great. So let's do another take. <laughs> It's directed by uh, Ishiro Honda. <laughs> it's available right now on Instant Watch on Netflix, by the way. And I, I just, this is one of, I just, one of the things I was totally annoyed with you when you picked this, Tom, because I, I, I was looking at my collection of movies and just thinking I own movies I love and that I think, I don't think any of them I could. I could give you those caveats you were talking about where they're poorly directed, poorly written, and poorly acted. Even, mm-hmm. even there were a couple I could stretch on that everybody hates that are, you know, best picture nominees or whatever. And that I somehow like watching nonetheless. Uh, but they don't, they don't really fulfill those, those things you were talking about. And then, then I started watching a lot of movies that I remember watching as a kid and just mm-hmm. uh, those, those kinds of movies that when, back when you would, uh, uh, surf channels or be able to flip channels and you would just stop and watch those or if they're on, you're just watching no matter what time of night it was. And Godzilla was one of those movies and this was the original one and it's so bad and so great at the same time. I mean, the reveal of the monster is so horrible. I mean, he just peeks over a hillside and he's like, Hey, I'm Godzilla. And, he runs <laughs> and then he's gone. And, uh, and it's in the writing is, is terrible. Um, it, the little toy ships floating in the water that get, you know, just, that just get sunk because of the radio, radioact radioactivity, in the middle of the ocean. Uh, I mean, it's just a horrible movie, and I, 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 I always want to watch it. Is there, is there like a long, slow, like, is it 30 minutes or of scientists talking? Like, does it, because that's the thing I remember as a yeah, kid. Yeah, how much of it is Godzilla? Well, I just remember as a kid, like, watching all these old classic monster movies, and they're being, always being surprised and disappointed how little actual monster stuff yeah. there was in it, and how much they tried to cram in about scientists talking, a little romantic subplot and crap like that. Yeah. Like, does, does Gojira follow that same formula? Paradigm. And it's not only uh, scientists talking, it's scientists talking as if they were talking in front of Congress. I mean, that's what's so awesome. Is this, there's this all this Wait, political what? stuff. 
it, it's like the scientists have to come and talk in front of the pol- politicians so everybody can decide what to do. And, uh, and I want to watch somebody it says, uh, oh, this is far too important. We can't let the public know. And then this woman is yelling at him. You're a stupid idiot. The truth is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Now, is, is this uh, is there and I'm going to sound all snooty asking this, but is there a subtitled version or is the only way to watch Gojira some bad dub? No, th- this was actually that was a little bit disappointing because I was hoping to he- to watch the poorly dubbed version because that's what I remember is all this, the you know, how you make fun of the dubbing. Uh, but the 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 instant watch version on Netflix is the um, subtitled version. Original. Ah, so it, so Minus it looks fine when they're. When they're talking, yeah, and and but the good thing is that you get to see all these awful, goofy lines like uh, you know, uh, the Earth is has very deep pockets. <laughs> Why did you think we were going to fight you on that? No, because I thought you guys would say, "Oh, it's well directed. It's a classic. Don't you dare!" Tom <laughs> hasn't seen anything made before 1999. Well, it is a classic. Uh... But uh, so so the direction, the performances, and uh, and the script. Now it's actually so. Let me ask you about this thing. Is is the script really bad? Because if I'm not mistaken, Godzilla is this uniquely Japanese concept of the danger to the environment and what the, the fallout of the nuclear you know nuclear weaponry is. Uh, isn't there a kernel of some sort of cool cultural awareness of of environmental issues that that only Japan had at that time? Like, is that in the script? I think that idea is there, and I think that is a really great idea, but I think it is a, a little bit heavy-handed about, you know, before technology, we had these things. Uh, and and then I think the politics of it, is, especially with the scenes I was talking about, about, mm. you know, the woman yelling, you're a stupid idiot. Don't you call me an idiot. We can't tell the public. And then the next scene, the public all knows. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the actual way the the screenplay lays out is 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 fairly ridiculous. But the idea of of the fears, the the fears that the, the people were going through at that time is great. I mean, the, the, the monster as a representation of these fears of of atomic power and what atomic power can do is is a great idea, but the screenplay is pretty good. Right. Isn't it kind of lame, though, without another monster in it that Godzilla beats the shit out of? Like, wasn't that when it kind of picked up? Like, when Gamera and Rodan and Monster Zero and Ghidra and all those fuckers were running around rampaging? Monster Island, that kind of stuff. King well, I'm Kong. not saying I don't love like things like Mothra and Please Return Our Eggs more, but I just love watching... <laughs> Uh, Godzilla like show up and and he's in the darkness and walking and stepping on a train and everybody's oh no we're falling on a train right I mean I I really like how they that how they domesticate him I always I was always unclear on that or does like, he die yeah what does he get killed at the end or is it obviously set up for a series I'm not giving that away later he's, he's defending I refuse yeah. to give that away how dare you no I'm not going to do that okay. in other words you didn't make it to the end. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> you remember the Godzilla Power Hour when it was on Saturday morning with Godzuki? Okay, forget it. Godzuki, how dare you say Godzuki? How dare you? No one brings him up in this room, Kelly Wand. What? This, this is not the Godzuki room. What happens in the Godzuki room? <laughs> Stays in the Godzuki room. Uh, Wait. So far, we're all doing. I'll be curious if any of us do something that's not a genre movie. 
Uh, my number three is... I, am, I can promise you I'm not going to do something that's not a genre movie. So go ahead, Tom. Tell us your number three. It's a genre movie. I think, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. That is a genre. It is. Uh, this is a, I love this movie because it, I think it freaked me out a, a bit as a kid. I love the concept. The concept has been done in other movies, but not with the purity and I'm using that in quote marks, but I, uh, I think I might stay. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna take the quote marks off of it. This concept has been done in other movies, but not with the purity that it's done in this movie. The problem, though, and it's not even so much a problem, because if you're gonna rip off another movie, rip off a good movie. So what this movie does is let's use, let's redo Jaws, but instead of a shark, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Let's have a car that's been possessed oh. by. Yeah, let's do Jaws for the car. You thought I was gonna do Tentacles? I don't like. Yes, tentacles. I did. Tentacles is insufferable. I can't watch that stuff. Uh, <laughs> The car is awesome. The car is awesome, and beat for beat, it's Jaws. It's the sheriff of the small town. You know, first it's the first few killings. Then it's the sheriff of the small town trying to warn people. There's even the scene where there's the 4th of July uh, weekend on the beach, except here it's set. I think they might even be in New Mexico. Here it's in the middle of the desert. So it's the 4th of July school parade, and the car uh, comes in and, and – uh, wreaks havoc just like the fourth of july weekend scene in jaws uh the people set out they band up you know they get together uh it's it's james brolin as the sheriff and some deputies and there's even the kind of the version of quint is he's like the town drunkard who's really evil and i think he's even beaten his wife and the idea is that because he's evil the car won't hurt him so I think they, they bring him along. He's got dynamite. So so it becomes this, sort of these unlikely band of men get together to hunt the car down. Um, and part of what I love about the car, because the, the performances are awful, the woman who plays the girlfriend is just wretched. James Brolin himself phoning it in. A bunch of character actors, all terrible. The script is really stupid because, like I said, it's just a Jaws ripoff. It's oddly enough the director of a guy who did a movie I've never seen, but it's a classic called uh, – either the man called horse or the man from horse. It's some like Richard Harris Richard living among Harris. Indians thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's an actual director, uh, but there's no sign of an actual director in the car. But what I love about it is the sort of the ballsiness of, Hey, let's just do jaws beat for beat. But I saw the car itself. That thing looks so awesome. And it's got this, this distinctive sounding horn too. It's got a really like, it, it, that's like its call before it kills somebody is you hear that horn um, and I showed this movie to someone who almost managed to destroy it for me I showed it to her and afterward she was like that car just looks like, like something a low rider would ride around in <laughs> I was like oh god and she was right though unfortunately uh, but it doesn't quite destroy the, the visual the, the aesthetics of the car are, are pretty awesome you watched the car with a woman I did, yes. I showed it to someone. I was like, you, you should see this movie. It's really bad, but I love it. Was it the one with yellow teeth? The car? Yeah. Was it the car with yellow teeth? <laughs> yellow girl work? Uh, that was, uh, that, what do you What do you want about? Uh, I've watched the car with you, and it, it's always fun to watch the car with you. I, and I think I'm the woman in your story now. No, 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 no. This was Coco. This was uh, oh. a girl. I don't think you ever met her. Uh, Coco had horrible taste. Coco's the girl who, just to give you English. No, no, no. That was a different girl. Coco's girl. Here's Coco's. Uh, I, we're not going to talk about my girlfriend, so I'm just going to tell you this one thing. So this, many. This was the girl that when we were watching Magnolia, which, again, I was like, I love this movie. I'm going to show you this movie. And we're watching it, and I'm so into Magnolia. I just get swept away watching that silly movie. And I 
was watching it with her, and the whole time I was like, yeah, she's really digging it. She's not saying anything. She must love it. Uh. And then at the end of Magnolia, during the famous scene, she leans over, and this is the first thing she said during the movie. She hasn't been talking. She leans over, and she says, do you like frog's legs? Like she was, she was actually. That's when the, when the she's getting hungry. Yeah, she was going to start up a conversation about what kind of food she likes during the climactic scene in Magnolia. That's what that made her think of. Is I wonder if Tom likes frog legs. That and, makes me kind of hot, actually. Did uh? Okay, well I'll I'll we're not dating because that because that scene was so unappetizing. <laughs> a woman who would watch that and go, hmm, I wouldn't mind some frog. Uh, I later uh, clipped a, a scathing review of Magnolia because I thought she would enjoy it, and I gave it to her. I was like, look, this this is kind of like what you were saying, and we had a laugh about it. But she couldn't leave that alone. She carried that review around with her in her purse. It was almost like a sort of a token. Long after you guys broke up. I don't know if she still got it, but uh, I just remember she thought that that was really cute enough to that I thought she would just look at it and we would laugh and she would throw it away. But she was like, oh, this is good. I'm going to I'm going to keep this. And she has a memory of how stupid you are. For <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, she didn't ruin the car for me. I still think the car is awesome. Uh, I love the visual of it. I love the the, you know, the poster as the front of the car with a stupid tagline. You know what? Evil. Uh, drives the, oh, sorry. What? Evil drives the car. <laughs> Wait, what did Dingus just do? I was go- I was. Just so excited to hear Tom say the the tagline. Well, there are several different intonations you can do with it, and I think our our, our friend Aaron uh, was one of the first to hit on this. So there's like, what evil drives the car, or there's what evil drives colon the car. You could do it that way. Of course, I think the what? tagline. Oh, evil drives. The car. <laughs> but it's supposed to be what evil. Like the question is, what evil drives the car? Now, here's the cool thing about the car. It's not the case with things like Christine, Maximum Overkill. I'm sure, there have been other living car movies, but Overdrive. Like some overdrive, thank you. It's good Lord. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> drive. It's about living trucks, of course, out over. Yeah, because they, they never explain anything in the car. They don't want to. It's nothing. Like Jaws. Know. Yeah, Jaws is well, right. Well, Jaws is science, Kelly Wand. Uh, this is this is, is Jaws for science. Uh, okay, <laughs> are, are we ready for this week's Jaws trivia contest? Kelly Wan, what is the Latin name for a great white shark that Richard Dreyfus gives? Plaricus Plopodonicus. I'm sorry, it's Carcharodon Carcarius. Dingus, what does the mayor want to string up some vandals by? What? The mayor at one point asks Brody to string some vandals up by what? Some people have defaced a bulletin board, and mayor, the mayor said... I want them, this is Dingus's, Dingus' oh. pedestrian, I want them strung up by their blank. Buster Browns. Yes, very good. That was a 10-point mm. question. So, Kelly Wan, you can tie it up if you get this one. Are you ready? Yeah. What is Quint's first name? Uh, his first name is Merrill. Sorry, it's Aleutius. Bullshit. <laughs> All right. What state is the license plate in the shark thing? You know, I was going to do that, but I, I couldn't remember. Is it Mississippi? No. It's Connecticut, isn't it? You guys are dumb. No, because he talks about it swimming up the river. I don't I don't know. That's a good one, Kelly. Do you actually oh, Mississippi. Is it Mississippi? No. What is no. it? What is it? Louisiana. Uh, which is which is the same state as Mississippi. It's just a different name for the same Racist. state. Racist. Well, what's Quint's, what's Quint's actual first name? 
I, I, you know what? I'm not sure he has one. I right. I knew that. I, I knew your question was dumb. <laughs> well, the What's Brody's first name? Martin. All right. What's <laughs> Pooper's first name? Matt. All right. What's Brody's wife's first Ellen. name? Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. What's the shark's first name? Bruce. <laughs> Kelly. Ooh. <laughs> Owned. What is your number two favorite? What's Ben Gardner's first name? Bad movie that you like. What do you got for us, Kelly Wand? I may need some help from you on my number two because you've seen it more recently than me. Okay. But it's uh, the 1979 classic film The Visitor, not the Richard Jenkins one. I wondered if you were going to pick that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick it because it totally satisfies every. I, I do like it. You know it. what? Right. Yes. It's, it's all three criteria are definitely met. So tell us a bit about it. It's this fucking batshit movie with uh, about a, a possessed kid, but she's possessed by an alien named Satan who crashed on our ship from a starship, and he can summon eagles. <laughs> and John Huston's in it. Uh, those are pigeons, first of all. Pigeons, sorry. No eagles appear in The Visitor. They are only pigeons. Does it say and, that at the end in the American Humane Society? <laughs> no pigeons were harmed. No eagles. A little summoned. Uh, and Lance Henriksen's a basketball coach mm-hmm. and evil. And the same guy is in Omen 2, kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam Peckinpah's in it as Dr. Sam Collins. And Shelley Winters <laughs> is in it as an angry maid. And there's like a woman in a wheelchair because the kid shot her. Spoiler alert! And bad performances all around. Poor John Houston. That little girl is awful. Uh, yeah. Even Glenn, sucks that. Even maybe I would maybe argue maybe that Glenn Ford is not terrible. But then he they do the. Uh, now nah, you know what I'm going to say he's terrible too. Because there's all these like cop scenes with him. Yeah. Every even yeah. Sam Sam Peckinpah apparently was so awful that he couldn't remember his lines. And he's in one scene. Uh, Which and, you know, because you watched it with the director's commentary, right? right? Yep, yep. I watched the director's commentary, and they talked about how they had Sam Peckinpah for one day, and the guy was just useless. Uh, uh, they couldn't do anything with him. Uh, why? Because he was drunk? I don't think. No, I don't think it was that. I think he just couldn't be couldn't be arsed. You know, maybe. Uh, well, if he read the series, like I can't remember shit this dumb. <laughs> it's too hard. Uh, but remember yeah, Glenn Ford's death scene? That's like, an awesome part. Now, I don't think it's awesome because of the, necessarily the script or the direction or the performances. It's just a, a cool concept, and it's pretty well executed as far as, like, a, a horrific death by car, by flaming car. Yeah. I've never understood. That seems to be a thing of the 70s where you'd have a protagonist die in a car even though the car's brakes worked. Like, they would just not take their foot off the gas for some reason. Well, super- it's, it's supernatural, you know. Really? So the so the devil's possessing their foot on the gas pedal for exactly. minutes at a time. Interesting. Well, and that's the whole like it's a very omen-esque death because you know the, the so he's going to get in a wreck. The car rolls over, no big deal. He's fine. But we have seen, and this is the cool twist, is he drives through a chain link fence so that when the car rolls over, it's wrapped up in chain links and right, he so can't get out. Up. Yeah, and then the car catches fire and he burns to death, and that's like. You know, I've I've seen so many movies, and so it's so cool when every now and then you see some really cool, grisly, horrifying death like that. Uh, yeah, but none of the but the deaths in the visitor are all so stupid. Lance They're just killed by a random uh, pigeon that sprouts a spike. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she's telekinetic too. I guess it's a little unclear. 
She seems to have, she can move steel. The pigeon? Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but the almond deaths were genuinely creepy, I remember. Like, oh, they yeah. would always kind of unnerve me as a kid. Like, uh, can I handle watching any more of this? That elevator almost fucked up. Remember the elevator guy in Omen 2? What's the elevator guy? That doctor, the black doctor. Is he missing what? a finger when they find him? <sighs> Racist. Sorry. What does the elevator do? I don't remember an elevator death. He get, he plummets the elevator, and then it's, it's somehow catching fire, so he's in an elevator that's <laughs> fallen, and he's getting burned up, and then a cable flies down and like cuts him in half, too. So Ooh. he's cut in half, burning, and an elevator. <laughs> that's a triple threat. <laughs> Wow. And then that, that movie also has the ice death in it. Well, that I remember. Boy, that yeah. I definitely remember. Like, that's even where just, like, uh, even the actor, like, I feel bad for the actor having to do it. Yeah. Like, fuck, how do you... I don't know. That's a good movie. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. So that does not qualify for this list, by the way. The Visitor definitely qualifies. Uh, yeah. And I do like The Visitor. And you've seen the director's commentary. You have to loan me that DVD. Okay. And make it make Dingus watch it. I want Dingus to see it. Dingus can't be bothered. Dingus would not appreciate The Visitor, Kelly Wand. He wouldn't. He's got, got a kid his, in it. And his taste is too refined. But the remember the line uh, where she's all, oh, you're, you're molesting cripples. <laughs> well, the one where she accuses Glenn Ford of molesting her. She's like, you're just oh, a child molester. She, like, yells at him. <laughs> yeah, at school. Yeah, at school. Uh, my mommy's, she didn't die. She just can't walk anymore. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, creepy little girl. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy little girl. She's not a creepy little girl, though. And remember, I thought the ice skating, at least, was really like, oh, she got hired for ice skating. Oh, no. Yeah. Stunt doubles. Totally stunt doubles. Uh, uh, even that. <laughs> and it's clearly, Kelly, when you say she's not a creepy girl, but it's clearly a movie inspired by that whole bad seed. Sure. Uh, yeah, but it, it was was genuinely creepy. They're, the Omen kid's creepy. He's yeah, 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 right. She's not creepy. She's supposed to be. The, the, right. The movie wants her to be, and instead... She's totally miscast as a creepy kid. Right. She's, she's like, just a normal-looking young kid, incapable of really acting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Give, line, sorry. Give me the Shining twins over her. Uh, do you guys know of... Isn't there a Brian De Palma movie called The Fury about, like, telekinetic yeah. twins or something? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, it's Amy Irving and Andrew Stevens. Yeah, and Kirk Douglas is the dad. Oh. Going. Oh, is it good? I don't I don't think I ever saw it. I know is it, and don't they like don't they kill some some like sheiks who are riding on a on a Yeah, on a roller. Or a roller? Yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a carnival death or something. He does. He's the evil psychic and she's the good one. It's like a skip from which mountain where it's like the oh, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if that's any good. Kirk Douglas No. Kirk Douglas has a really lame last scene, and then it's like we're trying to, there's like one scene of a head blowing up from literally 90 angles, and he shows you every one of them. It's like one of those kind of, <laughs> get your money's worth, fuckers. <laughs> All right, so The Visitor for Kelly Wand, your number two favorite. Dingus, what is your yeah. two favorite bad movie that you like? Maybe have a line for us. All right, here's my line. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, oh, no. They can live in the ocean? What? <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> definitely not a genre film. That's obviously from <laughs> Runway Bride or... Uh, <laughs> Neither of you would know this because this is... Uh, I wanted to try to see something new. 
Uh, and I watched a bunch of new films. <laughs> you were looking for bad movies. You were actively. I was oh. really. I was. I wish I, I had. I don't watch bad. as many crappy movies as you dudes do, so I I didn't have as much of a reservoir from which to draw. <laughs> Listen to Dingus. Oh, I only watch good movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, bitches. <laughs> All right. Well, good for you for doing the homework. So, what did you come up with then? So, there's one you watched that your number two. You like your finest, by the way. <laughs> There's one that's number two that has the line, oh, no, oh, no, I didn't know they could live in the ocean. Uh, there were a couple I, I watched based on uh, things I'd wanted to watch, and finally this gave me a, a, uh, um, an excuse to watch these movies. It, I think I know. I think I know it. Go ahead. What do you think it is? Is it the first Piranha? No. Oh, oh okay. That's, Never mind. They wouldn't but, say that. Like, but it has, it, it has that word in the title. Oh, it's the second piranha. No. Oh, the third one with Kelly oh, Brook. No, no, he must have watched some of one of those like mega piranha movies. It's or mega piranha. Why did you do that? Yes. Uh, mega piranha. Was it? Was it? Was it insufferable? That's now it's got an awesome cover because there's a piranha like eating an aircraft carrier, if I'm not mistaken, which is the coolest yeah. thing you could ever have on a on a cover. So is it? Is it? It's that one, right, Dingus? Does that happen in the movie? Oh yeah, it, it is mega piranha with Tiffany. It stars Tiffany. Oh, I totally want to see it. You can see it's awesome. <laughs> Directed by um, Eric Forsberg. Uh, I, you know, I oh. originally watched um, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, uh, thinking that that would fit the bill. But that, uh, sorry, with Debbie Gibson. But uh, Ernie Williams is in it. Mega Piranha. Oh my God, it's so great. Um, great Brady. Yeah, and and Greg Brady is in it, and uh, it's just it's a horrible film, and it's just a, a new film that now I love. It's it, you know at first I was thinking when you know part of what led me down this this road was I was thinking how I felt about Piranha 3D when we watched it last year, uh, but I I can't I can't say that's a bad film. It, it's not poorly acted. It's not poorly written. It's right. not poorly directed. I really really like everything that went into that that movie um and so i was thinking about other films along this line and then i got to see mega piranha this week uh and and um all of those things that that tom ex ex expected us to give up on as as caveats uh, they're all bad it's it's horribly directed it's horribly acted and it's horribly written uh uh it has such great lines as "Colonel, this plan is foobar." Um, uh, uh, what the guys in Virginia think of that quote that you saw in Fast Five with? Is another here's a Tiffany line. They should have doubled the kilotons. That was another great line. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. Wait, whoa, 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 yeah. Wait, what's that in response to? I don't even want to know. <laughs> Just to the idea of Tiffany having to say that line is beautiful. <laughs> should double the kilotons. Yeah, you're right. Like you're trying to nuke something, or yeah, I don't. That's, that's just poetry. That's, oh, it's a bigger boat. It's a it's it's a bigger. That's boat the line. we need a bigger boat line. Totally, we need a bigger kilotons. <laughs> Tiffany, they should have doubled the kilotons. Uh, and um, <laughs> it just he's I like that line. Gigantic. See, it's good it's, writing. It should get take it up. The uh, the. The, the uh, director has no sense of what the scale of the fish actually are. So sometimes they're eating buildings, sometimes they're eating people, sometimes like the dude, the uh, the the big slab hard body guy who's who's the uh, 
the Marine Navy SEAL guy who goes in and stabs the fish. He just carries the fish into the lab at one point. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just so great. Um, so there you go. Uh, Mega Piranha. Is Tiffany fat in this movie? Um, do you mean pretty hot and tempting? <laughs> yeah. Like she she's, used to be. She's, like um, let's, let's say this. If you watch Mega Shark, Debbie Gibson still looks pretty good. Um, she's felt, but she can't act her way out of a paper bag. But, uh, Tiffany is a little bit thicker, but she's got a little bit more of the chops. <laughs> that was very well put, Dingus. Uh, Dingus don't got- worry, I don't, I don't plan to take her out of the paper bag, so that works out fine. <laughs> I think it's a lot of the reason to, that I like watch some of these movies, and usually with like half an eye while I'm doing something else, is sometimes they'll have really awesome death sequences. Are there really are there any really awesome death sequences in Mega Prana? Unfortunately, I don't think so. There's uh, okay. That is Tiffany. Uh, there's there's destruction. There's some good destruction and some weird sort of uh, sad fish special effects, but there's not really anything that you're looking for there. Right. Sad fish. Now, the the cover obviously promises that it's going to be that big in relation to an aircraft carrier and it's going to eat it. Does the cover, is the cover a cheat? <laughs> I think it is. Ah, oh, rats. What? I know. No uh, way. Did oh, you guys man. watch, uh, I, I hope I'm not scooping you, but did you guys watch Megashark? No, I've actually never seen that, but I've seen the clips from it, so I'm all set. Like the, the shark eating the airplane and all that stuff. Right, right. I saw Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus versus Aliens. That movie that's coming out. The, the unfortunate thing about Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus is that they they end up doing most of their battles uh, against submarines, so it's like they're just battling baguettes. Uh-huh. Oh, from the Mer. <laughs> right. It's like the end of Tentacles with the the little uh, orca puppets. Right. Dingus has a lot of fun uh, similes tonight. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Let's keep talking. All right, I'm going to do my number two. You guys ready for my number two? I'm going to give you a line. You ready? That, yes. Oh, wait. Hold yes, on. I'm now ready. I wait, hold on. I've screwed it up. I, I uh, prep for it. I'm, uh, wait, I think it, it's something like, then that is why no one shall remember you when you're dead. Wait, say that again? I wasn't, I couldn't even understand a word of that. Then that is why no one shall remember you when you're dead. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing it right. I'm not even doing it right. Dingus, do you know what I'm trying to do? The new world. <laughs> Can you give me the accent again? I don't know that I can't see. It's, it's kind of accentless, but it's somebody, it's somebody who's accentless thinking he's doing an accent. It's part of the beauty of the movie. Then that is why no one shall remember you when you're dead. Hey, the Earth did still Keanu Reeves. It's it's basically it's a Glendale accent. <laughs> that doesn't. Oh, um, used cars. Diggis, Kelly, I'm done with you. Uh, Diggis, do you know what I'm getting at? Like, I know you've seen this, but See I, don't, Jake's. I don't know if that line actually comes through for you. <laughs> did you say it's a Glendale? Blame it on Rio. I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's Brad Pitt. Like it's his 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 early like scene in Troy. Oh, it's Troy, of course. Yeah, the little kid comes to get him out of the tent, and the little kid says to him, oh, I wouldn't want to fight the guy that you're about to have to fight. (laughs) 
Brad Pitt looks at him and fixes him with this stare and said, then that is why no one shall remember you when you're dead. Uh, and it's all this this thing about, you know, he's wanting to be immortal. Uh, so Troy is horrible. Troy, I think, clearly qualifies for bad direction. Wolfgang Peterson. Wait a know, minute. I love Troy. How dare you say it's poorly directed? How dare I, you? I think it is. There, there are so many shots of actors like looking fiercely at something off screen or there's even one awesome scene where uh where, where sean bean has come as odysseus to convince uh achilles brad pitt to, to fight and he convinces him and then he walks away and as he's going up some stairs the camera zooms in on the back of his head and he stops and turns and delivers some like parting bon mot uh, it's, but it's totally like some 70s camera shot where, you know, the camera's following Sean Bean up the stairs and then zooms in on the back of his head just in time for him to turn around and deliver the Bond mod off over his shoulder. Uh, the direction is horrible in this, Dingus. Uh, oh, I part- can't believe Troy's that bad. I love oh, that movie. No, I love, I love Troy, too. Uh, and, and, it, and, you know, I think the script, which... Even like I'm normally the guy who says I don't care about you don't have to be true to source material. And it's certainly not true to the Iliad. I mean, the stuff that the Iliad is about, you know, there there are some very important themes of the Iliad, one being that the gods are involved. The other being this is a war that's been going on for seven years. You know, so much of what the Iliad is about is the futility of an ongoing war. And all, both of that stuff is gone. There are no gods in Troy. And the war is fought in about like a week tops. Like it's, it's over very quickly. Those two themes that... that the scriptwriter just has no use for that stuff. And there's all this progressive stuff where nobody believes in the gods. And Eric Bana is even like, you're going to dictate the battle on the, on, on the entrails of birds? Pah! You know, there's that kind of like, we're going to be progressive atheists <laughs> in ancient Greece. So the audience... Yeah. But, but what's most... What I love watching most about Troy is it is this procession of fantastic actors every single one of whom is at a complete and utter loss about what he's doing here and how to proceed. And all of them, by the way, full-blown accent. You know, like Brian Cox, you hear his Scottish brogue. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, you can hear that Irish. It, even It's amazing watching Eric Bana. I'm pretty sure he's the only Australian. Full-blown Australian, that sort of sliding long vowel thing that Australians do. Eric Bana just lets it rip. He has no compunction. No one ever thinks to say, you know, Hector Prince of Troy, you know, maybe nobody else in Troy sounds like an Australian. Maybe you shouldn't do that, Eric. Nobody thinks to say that to him. He totally sounds Australian. Uh, And then you get even like Peter O'Toole just looks kind of sad and lost. Uh, but everything in it is just terrible. But I, I love that movie. Uh, it's just so entertaining. Just the the either the costumes and the ridiculous wigs that they wear and just all the different actors working together with different styles. You know, there's a scene between Brad Pitt and Peter O'Toole, for Pete's sake. How many movies have that? <laughs> that's that's just it's a, Who's it's, Peter O'Toole again on a he plays Priam. So so you know the, the tragic hero in, in the Iliad is is uh, Hector who has to go out and fight right. Achilles one-on-one. And, and the, a famous scene is Priam, that's it's Hector, the king of Troy. It's his son being lost and then dragged around the walls of Troy by Achilles' chariot. And so Priam's, uh, like his grief, is the stuff of, of legend, uh, literally. And uh, it's just poor, cloudy-eyed, old, lost Peter O'Toole. It's really sad, kind of, mm-hmm. actually. Um not even knowing he's about to lose an Oscar to Forrest Whitaker. 
He was nominated for an Oscar for Troy. Nah, some other thing. Oh, that Venus. Venus. Oh, Venus. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, but I, most people like Troy, Tom. I think most people are like Dingus. They think it's like dumb fun, which can't mean it's badly directed. I think it's the director knew what he was doing. Well, Wolfgang he cast Orlando Bloom. <laughs> As, yeah, there you go. What were you going to say? It's an excellent argument. <laughs> That's my uh, winning law. As a guy who does nothing. <laughs> well, he's so he's like the most lost of all. I mean, everybody. The funny thing is, like watching which actors can wear those silly helmets and pull it off. Most of them can because they tend to be, you know, confident, good-looking, classical features. But when Orlando Bloom puts on his helmet, he he that thing just sw- he just looks ridiculous. You know, if you can be in a movie and wear like a goofy superhero costume or or you know ancient Greek helmet, if you can pull it off, that's half the battle right there. Orlando Bloom can't even do that. Uh, I remember thinking Brad Pitt's not bad in that movie he's horrible i mean i don't he's horrible really? yeah he has no i mean it's like are you kidding when he stabs that dude at the beginning that's awesome well that, oh that's so that's another thing is the fight sequences like that's the whole idea that achilles there's something special about him yeah. you know in legend the idea was that his mother was a goddess who dipped him into the, the river sticks and made him yeah, she got the goddess. Right. So so here, in order to make it special, that he's just got this special move where he does this jump and stabs somebody. Now, the fight scene, by the way, between Hector and Achilles is beautiful. Like, that's a fantastic bit of choreography. But that's sort of the extent of his specialness is he has this crazy little Myrmidon hop that he does where he just jumps up and sticks somebody with his, his weapon. Um but yeah, he's terrible in it. He is so, and I don't. So the funny thing is, rewatching it, like the kid who plays the Neutron, uh, Garrett Headland, he is Patroclus, and that, by the way, is the they they totally fumble that because there's all this ambiguity. You know, is Achilles gay? Is it just some like classical Greek relationship? And there's nothing between uh, Garrett Headland and Brad Pitt. Um, uh, your favorite Kelly Wan, Rose. Burn. No, Rose Byrne. I'm sorry, the one from uh, Bridesmaids. She plays Briseis, the one that Achilles falls in love with. In this movie, they want to make it very clear that he's not gay, so there's hot sex with like. Oh, by the way, for scenes like the 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 Helen of Troy is Diane Kruger, who was great right. in uh in uh the Bast- in Glorious Bastards movie. We saw her in Unknown. Um, she's Helen of Troy, and she's awful. Like all of these like supposedly sexy scenes just fall flat. This is the most unerotic, sexy. There's nothing sexy in, in Troy, which is a shame. Uh, maybe Saffron Burroughs, by the way, is in it. She actually looks. You know what? I take that back. She might actually be very good in Troy, but no one else. Uh, <laughs> I did. I kind of boycotted that movie when it first came out because I didn't like how they took the gods out of it, which is kind of like a driving part of the story. Isn't it? I mean, it's definitely like I said, that's one of the the main points of the Iliad is that, you know, we're play things of the gods. The gods are the ones calling the shots. Uh, Yeah. And they they break up into two factions and they they govern events. Yep. They're just like their Achilles thing. Right. Well, that's this idea was that it's this ancient Greek concept of the gods sort of reflect men as they're as petty and and bicker. Yeah, Yeah, they're exactly. Uh, So. the, the thing is, it was written, the script was done by, I'm going to screw up his name, like David Benioff, Benoff? It, he does. He basically does comic book movies. He did one of the X-Men movies. He's doing Game of Thrones. He's doing that TV show. Like, he's a guy who I think does, like, superhero-y kind of stuff. 
more than yeah. and and everything he's done by the way is adapted material. Um, mm. So wow. So yeah, but I love Troy. I mean, I just love the the spectacle of it. I love the cast. Uh, I love the the that fight scene. Uh, and I, they're actors I like to watch even when they're terrible. Uh, it's like watching Chloe. It's like watching Chloe Moritz and Let Me In. That movie's terrible. She's terrible in it. But there's still something so fascinating about seeing her, even in a bad performance. Uh, so you remember what? Uh, I cut you off, Kelly Wand. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, I remember that was the year. Uh, okay, Troy came out in the summer, and then I'd read. Oh, the Oliver Stone Alexander movie. Oh. <laughs> that'll be a good one because that's the R-rated one. Like, oh yeah, Alexander. That'll be fucked up. It's like. Ancient warfare, Oliver Stone style, and it's like I saw that and I was like, "What the?" Fuck? I actually have never what seen that, but isn't there an extended, like a director's version of that, where it's like three hours long or something? That you know, maybe I'm thinking of Kingdom of Heaven. Watch more of it. I haven't seen right. Kingdom of Heaven I, or Alexander. Gonna, Go ahead. Kingdom of Heaven's got interesting things in it. Alexander's totally useless. It's just a waste of right. time. But Colin Farrell. Orlando Bloom kind of ruins Kingdom of Heaven, but there's some ideas in Kingdom of Heaven, and it's kind of... I don't know. It, it deserved a better fate, I think. Right. Somebody in Hangover was in Let Me In. Uh, oh, sure? um... Yeah, the the girl who is the... Uh, who's Doug's wife. Uh, I just remember reading that. and She was like Virginia in Let Me In. The mother? Oh, oh, Virginia. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right. Uh, Sasha, yeah, that, what's her name? Sasha. Uh, that sounds right. That sounds about right. The thankless role of Doug's wife. <laughs> Doug, yeah. as, as if Doug's role himself. Doug. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <But> his wife. <laughs> the thankless role of the thankless character's wife. Yeah. They really fleshed those characters out in the sequel. <laughs> they got some short shrift. Uh, Kelly wanted to have a question uh, for you. Yeah. What is your number one bad movie that you like? I know you think I'm going to go with Zapped, but I couldn't because I consider the performances quality in Zapped, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. Heather Thomas. It's very impressive work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, th- so for the same reason, I had to disqualify Real Men, which I really like. You can I'd do take your runners up sh- later. You can do your runners up afterwards. Tell me right now what your number one is. My number one is the 1975 motion moving picture uh, from Japan or China, one of those fucking places, Bangkok. Its uh, tagline was, The Man Beyond Bionics. Does that... Ah, your cat knows. <laughs> no? Does ring you guys, bells. Did you guys ever see uh, Inframan? Inframan is my number one. That was like a Saturday morning thing, wasn't it? Oh, he was he was a cyborg with a red ant suit, and he would fight monsters. It was a movie? Yeah. Hmm. He worked for a, an organization called Science Patrol. <laughs> You're making all of this up. Uh-huh. That's a no, terrible no. name. What, it, in, what would the, in, the, villain's, the villain was Princess Dragonball. Uh, <laughs> she made these monsters using uh, alien technology. And uh, so Science Patrol's top agent, Inframan, they have to make him. So he fights a plant monster, and he fights a tooth monster. Science Patrol Science Patrol sounds like what you'd call the kids who get stuck cleaning up after lab in, like, eighth grade biology. 
It's like, okay, uh, we're going to put you on That's science totally racist. What's this called again? Inframan. Because he's got, Inframan. like, infravision. Inframan? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, Japan's like, answer to Six Million Dollar Man. Like infrastructure, inframan. Yeah. And uh, there's a part where uh, the bug monster's attacking and some skull warriors are attacking. Dingus, think of it as, one, as a standalone Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Power Ranger. But he's got big blue like lasers shoot from his eyes, too. And doesn't he cross? He, he, he like crosses his arms. He like slams his forearms together in a in a perpendicular position. Yeah, it makes a loud noise. No, oh, that's that, Johnny Sockos. Johnny Tom. Because I remember, I thought this was something on TV that I watched as a kid. But I guess you're it, thinking a giant robot. That kid who talked into his watch. No, I'm thinking Inframan. I'm totally thinking Inframan. Maybe I've seen. I guess I've seen the movie. Uh, okay, Kelly. When's the last time you saw Inframan? When it first came out in 1975, okay. I was seven, and I was like, "Fuck, this is the greatest movie ever!" <laughs> hey, god damn! And so, so watching it since then, it holds up. <laughs> I haven't seen it since then. How's but the even direction? at seven, I go, "These performances and direction are not quality." However, and the script's not good. But god, <laughs> that lighting! All right, I don't know. This perfect movie. I don't want to spoil the ending, but there's a pit of lava involved. Uh, I'll bet you'd love those Transformers movies, then. You should see them. No. Because, yeah, they're about, like, robots fighting. They don't know kung fu, and they don't shoot lasers from their eyes. Yes, they do. Fuck. They do, too. No, they don't. They are going, they're going to in the next one. No. It's dark side of the moon, not laser side of the moon. <laughs> dark so. of the moon. Thank you. There's also a character named Professor Chang. And he gives Inframan Thunderball Fists and Infrablades. <laughs> That's a and video girls. game. You're thinking of some what? game. Oh, this is before video games. So it was Science Patrol. Uh, it's a lonely favorite? feeling to these podcasts. What's your favorite thing well, about the acting in Inframan? <laughs> the in- that Inframan, when he talks, you don't have to subtitle it because you can't see his mouth. Ah, sneaky. So vocal performance, Mr. 3x3 over here. Yeah. All right, Science good. Patrol. Yeah, great. Dingus, Princess I, Dragon. I have a question for you, Dingus. Give me – this is a this is not a question. This is a, a directive. Your directive, Dingus, is to give me a line from your number one bad movie that you like. All right, here's, here's my line. I am Inframan. <laughs> the quarter to three movie podcast for Hangover Part 2. <laughs> Very good. Nicely done. All right, I've, uh, my quote for my number one movie comes in two parts. I'm going to start with part one of my quote. My name is Morgan, and I play football. Uh, what happened to the Morgans? Did you hear what happened to those Morgans? What happened to the Morgans? What happened to those guys? No, it's not what happened. Well, the short answer is Wyoming. Do uh, do Uh, either of you know what am I? No, I I was expecting there was going to be like a call response thing. Was there an answer to that? (laughs) No, uh, he keeps talking. This is is the opening narration of the movie. My name is Morgan and I play football. Uh, he, He goes on to say this. My father used to say, Morgan... One of these days, the Earth will get 
even with man for messing her up with his garbage. Good Lord, it's natural. It's some sports movie I haven't seen, so I, I give up. Black socks down. <laughs> All right, no, it's not any of those things. Here's another quote from the movie. Where the hell did you get those goddamn chickens? Smoking the Bandit 3? I don't know, but I like it so far. What's the answer to that question? Uh, the answer to this question is Food of the Gods. What? Hmm. H.G. Wells thing? <laughs> the Roger Corman thing. <laughs> uh, uh, my number one uh, bad movie that I love that I think is horrible is Food of the Gods, 1976, directed by Burt I. Gordon. Oh, Burt I. Gordon! How could I screw that up? It's not Roger Corman, right? It's, he's not even involved. No, it's Bird Eye Gordon. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's classic. Yeah. And, and is, this, is this something you watch this week specifically, Dingus, to look for something bad? Oh, yeah. But I've, I watched that. This is one of those – I remember watching this over and over again when I was growing up, and I just love – all the little hamster rats attacking the RV, and oh man, I just freaking love this movie. And watching it again, I love it uh, so much more. Uh, it's just so great. It, and what's what's wonderful is when it begins. Uh, one, the first one of the first title cards is based on a portion of a novel by H. G. Wells. <laughs> Right. The title, basically. <laughs> um, and I just remember this being a movie that I would watch no matter when it came on. Uh, and I remember being totally creeped out by it as a kid, yet amused at the same time. I don't know how to uh, characterize that, but I remember being creeped out and amused at the same time as a kid. And uh, it's just so silly and impossible and those goofy rats that look like hamsters attacking the RV and the 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 lead guy who's this uh, this dude who's supposed to be a quarterback for like I, I guess the Buffalo Bills or something running around shooting the uh the those giant wasps with machine with the uh shotguns ah oh, man I love food of the gods so there you go food of the gods wow i remember the wasps i don't remember the chickens well, oh, he he goes to the he, he you know his friend, the other uh, uh, professional football player, who uh, has never been injured in seven years of playing professional football, uh, goes after this deer that you know the the hero after the dogs have cornered the deer, lets the deer go, oh, let him go, you know we won already, and then his friend goes chasing after it, and his come up and says to be attacked by these wasps, and so. They turn him over, and he the, the way the movie is done is that they've just substituted him with an old guy with makeup <laughs> on. And so the hero rides off uh, to find this farm, and, and and the woman won't answer the door, which is Ida Lupino is the is the is the farmer's wife, and so he can't find anybody. So he goes out to this little shed. Or the, this shed where he hears noises, and he goes into the shed, and this huge chicken attacks him. And <laughs> you yeah. immediately have a battle between him and the gigantic chicken. Oh, and I just the, just the visual of this. Gigantic, How does he beat it? He beats it. I guess he he gets a pitchfork and or or mm. he stabs the chicken, and then and then he stands up, and the other gigantic chickens just look at him, and they're like, "All right, dude, you can leave now." <laughs> hey, look at that chicken. 
What's he doing? What's that chicken doing? And, and eventually you have gigantic into our fears. Like gigantic rabbits and oh man. I just love Food of the Gods. And it's so bad. It's so bad. The, the special effects are bad and the acting is bad. And it's just this heavy handed environmental message. Uh, and there's this evil dude who drives up and he's just this bastard and he wants to collect all the food of the gods and sell it somehow. But he just evil. keeps scooping it up Money. in a bucket. Oh man, I love that movie. And there's a, oh, there's also a pregnant woman. She figures prominently. Mm. But and no, she eats no babies are hurt though, right? No, no, there's no, there's no babies, but there is a pregnant woman. And I think that's important. But she's not hurt. Like she escapes, right? Again, I'm not going to tell you. You didn't finish the movie then. Haha. <laughs> Do the people eat the food? Yes. Yeah, so Do the gods eat it? They become giant From and then they, they start in Troy, yeah. Then they, yeah, then they just make. Alright. Totally affects transportation. Because they can just walk around. Man, Bert I. Gordon's like, uh, that's. Like, he does. He makes Roger Corman look like an auteur. Those mm. Bert I. Gordon movies really were something else. Uh. Well, I had watched um, Empire of the Ants earlier this year. Oh, John Collins. <laughs> I really, really liked it. And remember, oh, he did Food of the Gods, too. I really need to watch that. And just never got around to it. And finally get to watch it this week. And it's just such a pleasure to to, to return to that. You know, this crappy movies you watched on cable. I mean, it's great. So thank you, Tom. You know, at first I was sort of cursing your name because I was thinking, well, what am I going to have to choose? Just random okay number one star wars i mean and, and then and then i got to watch all these crappy great movies see i thought about do like i seriously considered just griefing you guys by picking star wars but that's not right. very fair because there's I thought I, about it too yeah i mean there's good direction we all star thought wars. about i mean star well star wars is a good script i mean I don't, I don't think you can really deny that even well you know what it's got good performances yeah, it's, that's it's what got we a good, was it's got a good performance uh, well that's why uh, it was so smart for you to say while I was cursing you, uh, to be honest, to say it, it, bad direction, bad writing, and bad acting. And that's what made it so difficult and made me have to be a little more honest. Well, it took off of the table one of the things that, like, there's a movie I genuinely like, and I actually think it's good, uh, an old Hammer horror film called Twins of Evil, which has plenty of bad things about it. But Twins of Evil, kind of, it has a cool script. Uh, and I think some of the acting is good. Even the, the, the playmates I hired to be the main characters are kind of good at what they're doing. But Twins of Evil has a fantastic Peter Cushing performance. I mean, it is so he is so convincing. And it, it's just really, you know, it, it's it's just an eye opener seeing what Peter Cushing can bring to like a schlocky movie. And he's the guy who I really think is good in Star Wars. Whereas uh, I don't, like, I don't think Alec Guinness's heart is in it at all. Like Star Wars, none of the performances really do anything for me. But so Twins of Evil was taken off the table for me just because Peter Cushing's performance in that is so powerful. And, and if you know some of the backstory too, his wife had just died and they told him, look, you know, don't, you don't have to come in and do this movie. We'll get someone else. And he's like, no, no, I, I want to do it. And you can you get this sense of a really skilled actor, and you can maybe see that like he's working through some stuff or something. I, I don't know, but uh, so yeah, the the bad performance thing can kill it for some movies. And like even me trying to defend the happening last week with Kelly Wan trying to say it had a good script. Mm -hmm. By the way, I want to take that back. I, I hope nobody yeah. ever heard that. The more I thought <laughs> about it, that was the sort of thing where I start digging a hole, and I probably <laughs> shouldn't have. 
gone in that direction, and then suddenly that I'm looking up. That was a really up. weird hole. Yeah, I know. Suddenly I'm six feet really? under the surface of the earth, and you're way up there, and I'm like, how did I get down here? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I can't so think of a worse choice. I know. Well, let me give you guys my number one, because here's one. It, it has, in a way, I, I want to say it has something in common with Twins of Evil, in that it's got a famous actor, but I think he's really bad, and I feel bad about how bad he is. Uh, and this is also a notorious movie for being bad, and there's a lot of mythology built up around it. And I actually came to it through its mythology uh, before actually seeing the movie, and I have a lot of fondness for it that's related to that mythology. And the movie is Bride of the Monster. It's an Ed Wood movie that he did in 1955 with Bela Lugosi. Uh, it was Bela Lugosi's last speaking part. He didn't. His footage of him appeared in another Ed Wood movie, but for all intents and purposes, it was Bela Lugosi's last movie. Uh, and I first saw the Tim Burton movie, Ed Wood, with Johnny Depp playing Ed Wood, of course. And I don't know if Martin Landau won the Academy Award, but I know he's at least nominated uh, for, for playing Bela Lugosi. And Martin Landau is, of course, I mean, he's fantastic in Ed Wood. And when they show the scenes of Martin Landau actually in the movie... Uh, there's a great moment where uh, in Bride of the Monster, this mad scientist character has a speech about raising a race of atomic supermen who will rule the world. Uh, and when Martin Landau delivers it, he delivers it with a lot of this kind of pathos. So there's this feeling, there's this sense that there's this broken down man who feels like he never got a chance, and he's channeling that into this speech. And the speech in Ed Wood, the Tim Burton movie, is is just beautiful. But when you actually pull watch, the strings, pardon that one. Pull uh, the strings. Well, he does a weird hypnosis thing with his hand. Is that what you're talking about? Well, just fin- uh, I'll show. Well, well, the speech in the speech in the actual Bride of the Monster movie is actually it's kind of sad. I mean, he's he's. He's, he's like grimacing and mugging, and I, like, I think he's terrible in the actual movie, which is really sad, because I don't know a lot of Bela Lugosi stuff. I mean, we've all seen footage of him playing Dracula, but otherwise I just know him from Ed Wood, from his performance yeah. from Martin Landau playing him. So watching the actual Bride of the Monster, he's terrible. And, and the scene where he has to throw himself into the big rubber octopus, um, <laughs> they, the funny thing is, in, in Ed Wood... They make it look ridiculous, but you have no idea how ridiculous it actually looks in the actual Bride of the Monster. It is just jaw-dropping that that, you know, they had that poor old guy rolling around in that octopus, pulling the tentacles up. I mean, it, it looks silly in Ed Wood, and it's a great visual gimmick, but it does nothing to prepare you for what it actually looks like in the movie Bride of the Monster. Uh, so, so the the actual 1955 Bride of the Monster is is just so indicative of an utter lack of talent coming to, being crammed into a product, and and there's obviously some kind of drive behind it, and and having that mythologized through the movie Ed Wood gives it this extra layer. And actually, even before seeing Ed Wood, I knew Bride of the Monster from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, riffing on it, where they show it, and, and Joel and the, the two puppets make jokes about it, but in a very affectionate way. So that was my first exposure to Bride of the Monster. Then I saw Ed Wood, and since then I've seen the movie a few times because it's it's just it's just a classic example of a really bad movie that somehow got put together, and there's no skill, there's no craft in it, there's some kind of love, though. I mean, there's some affection in there somewhere. Um, 
But just to give you an indication, the scene where where uh, Bela Lugosi gets eaten by the octopus, it's the end of the story. Uh, you know, the mad scientist has carried the girl off, and the hero, who is not an actor, he was the producer's son, and for them to make the movie, the, the guy who put up the money says, okay, but you got to have my son in the lead role. There's this <laughs> stuff where his shirt gets torn so he can be shirtless, and eventually, while he's struggling around, he takes the rest of his shirt off. But he still he keeps his suspenders on. <laughs> so there's this the, the hero hmm. is running around in pants and suspenders and no shirt at the end in hmm. the climactic scene. It just maybe that looked cool back then. I don't know. It looks silly now. If you're gonna take your shirt off, take your suspenders off too. But anyway, so he's chasing Bella Lugosi. <sighs> Bella Lugosi uh, has become indestructible because there's all these shots of cops shooting at him, and and then there's just a close up of Bella Lugosi sort of sneering and not reacting to the shots. So the hero rolls a big rock down a hill and the rock hits Bella Lugosi and then we cut to a shot of, a, of an actual octopus swimming around in a tank and then we cut to a shot somehow of Bella Lugosi in the big fake octopus's tentacles rolling around moving the tentacles himself with his hands there's no connection between being hit by a rolling rock yeah. a shot of an octopus underwater and then Bella Lugosi we'd seen the octopus before but Bella Lugosi suddenly in the, in the, being attacked by the octopus and it doesn't stop yeah him. where's the rock uh, the right the rock it's like what they, they were going to shoot a different scene i mean it's obviously just stuff spliced together with no thought. So he's rolling around the octopus tentacles. Then there's a cut to a shot of lightning striking it, and it bursts into flames. And then there's a cut to a shot of what looks like a nuclear explosion. And I think it's actually a shot of a mushroom. That's what lightning does. Exactly. That's what lightning hitting an octopus does. Yeah. <laughs> and then it blows up. And 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 there's a famous line, by the way. I don't I don't know if this like I knew this line. I guess I. Maybe it was from Mystery Science Theater 3000. So I think they joked about it before. But then you have the cop and the hero looking supposedly at this mushroom cloud and delivering the final line of the movie, which is, he tampered in God's domain. Oh, God. And that's how Bride of the Monster ends, you know, with that. He tampered, he tampered yeah. in God's domain. All the lightning. <laughs> He didn't cause the lightning. That was God's lightning. Well, actually, so there is the idea is he's That's creating these, these atomic super – like he was experimenting with atomic mutation. And so this octopus supposedly, once it gets hit by lightning, triggers an atomic explosion. I don't know. I just have so much affection for, for this movie, even though it's horrible. Uh, and it's partly due to, to Tim Burton's movie. It's partly due to Mystery Science Theater 3000. And it's partly that I just enjoy when a, a movie has really no talent but lo love behind it. You know, it's like what I love about Chupacabra Terror. So there's no talent behind that movie. But there are these guys who really like what they've done and they really think what they've done is cool. And I, that kind of comes through in some bad movies. Um, and, and for me, the classic example of that is Bride of the Monster. And not in Hangover 2. I didn't see a lot of love there. No, not much love there. I love that, that image of um, Bela Lugosi r wrestling with the uh, the octopus. Because it makes me think of, of there's there's this, this is kind of lost now because this is all CG'd in. Yep, yep. Um, because there's there's this moment where the hero of Mega Piranha, which I think is a dude named Paul Logan, maybe he's just this big like yeah guy, and and he's he's on the 
on the shore of a river and the piranha keep attacking him and he just keeps kicking them with his feet like it like a like bicycle kicks and they just keep <laughs> flying at him and he's just kicking 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 and it's clear it's just these are just CG things and he's not going to have to wrestle any big monster and I love the way you describe him wrestling with this octopus is it, so it's on YouTube and it's the last scene of the movie, so you can just fast forward to the end. But nothing, you know, Martin Landau gave it his best, but nothing compares to what Edward actually filmed with poor Bella Lugosi. Uh, and even you know, like he's yelling and he's screaming, and I don't like it's just oh my god, the poor guy. Uh, How long did they have to wait till the lightning struck the? the <laughs> I think that was a CG effect. Oh yeah. Hey. Um, just real quick, I forgot to bring this up. Do you know uh, that Teddy, the guy who played Teddy, do you know whose son he is? The guy who played Teddy in what? what Charles. In, in Hangover. Uh, who was Teddy again? Teddy was, I'm sorry, <laughs> Teddy was the younger brother. Who the Nine Fingers. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Whose son he was? No. Someone he, famous, I'm guessing. He's Ang Lee's son. Oh, well. Oh, so he's not acting. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, well, he was in gotcha. Ang Lee's um, BMW thing, and he was like a baby in, I don't know, Wedding Band. One of the one of Ang Lee's early films. So anyway, I, I just thought... That answered so many questions. That, that This kid, Teddy Lee, who really, when I was watching it, seemed like the Asian Doug, um, was Ang Lee's son. Poor guy. Hmm. Uh, runners up for uh, were there any for bad movies you like? I you know I tried to I I, I thought about a lot of the films from uh, Mystery Science Theater that I'd really like like I really like um, Ega mm-hmm. yep but I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever I've never watched it outside of watching it on the uh, on the Mystery Science Theater with the Mystery Science Theater thing so I right. um. And, and I also so I was leaning a little bit toward uh, Independence Day because I ah. I feel like that's a a guilty pleasure of mine even though I think it's horrible. Um, so that was that was close. And also Forrest Gump was close too. Oh my God! What? <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a sucker for that film even though it's horrible. What do you what? What, what part? Which what part? What are you talking about? You're just kidding. You don't mean that. You don't like Forrest Gump, do you? I can't help it when they when they introduce when uh, f- when uh, Forrest gets intru- gets introduced to the little kid at the end. That makes me cry. Huh, I remember that. Dingus also likes Dead Poet Society. He loves oh, Robin Williams. Captain Dingus. He loves Robin yeah. Williams movies. He it, Centen- he, Centennial Man. He loved it. Patch Adams. Uh, <laughs> pretty moving. Uh, Kelly Wan, did you have any, any runners up? Any any guilt? Anything you need to confess to us, like uh, an affection for Forrest Gump? Dingus, Dingus put one. Put he he put himself out there. Can you return the favor, Kelly Wand? I was kind of eyeballing that Chuck Norris movie, Silent Rage, the one with the unkillable man. But Ron Silver's so good in it as the psychiatrist, so I didn't pick it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any runners up, Tom? Not really. Uh, just twi- well, Twins of Evil. I mean, I, Twins of Evil and Armageddon, I think, have some great stuff in them. Uh, so I couldn't. No, I mean, this was kind of hard for me too. Uh, so no, I didn't. I'm afraid not. 
I guess Hudson Hawk has good performances. So we could pick that. Huh. A- Andy McDowell okay. doing the uh, doing the dolphin. I love that. It's my favorite part. You know what? The best performance in Hudson Hawk is the you made it go up my nose guy. I love that. Richard E. Grant is awesome in that. There's no way Hudson Hawk could wind up in this category. You, how dare you? I know you're just trying uh, okay. to suss me out. You Forrest Gump, but... you. <laughs> Richard E. Grant is awesome. And send, and He's always awesome. Dare you. How dare you good. even bring that up? I, 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 I just saying, okay. Cast you have no right good. to even bring that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> like me wow. talking about 2001. I was going to pick 2001. You know, I was thinking about, I was trying to find a Kubrick movie. Like, I, I haven't seen The Shining in forever, but I'm pretty sure The Shining is bad all around. However, I, I think Kubrick's direction is distinctive enough and has enough sort of craft and talent to it that even though I don't think The Shining is scary and I think their performances are stilted and I don't quite know what's going on with the script, I, I don't think I could pick a Kubrick movie. Um, Eyes Wide Shut. I haven't seen that enough. I don't think I like Eyes Wide Shut, though, is the thing. I know. Uh, That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. The whole liking part of it. You, we could, so there will be a thread about this, and I'm sure people will just start posting bad movies. But it's the whole bad movies that I like part. That, that then they'll get hung on the – oh, they won't even understand the good perform, the bad performance thing. Like they'll yeah. – that will just fly right past them. No, it's a, you know, I mean, performances. You, you, you did that, though, Tom. But see, that's another thing, too, is though bad performances mean different things to different people, I, I think. Yeah. So as long as you can acknowledge to yourself that it has bad performances, but that you still like the movie, I don't think other people have to necessarily agree whether the performance was bad. Maybe Speed. Is Speed? But Speed's kind of well-directed. Isn't, yeah. And isn't Jeff Daniels kind of good in Speed? Yeah. And Keanu Reeves' badness makes it better. It kind of helps the movie. Yeah. Because it makes him seem more everymanish. He's so he's so dumb in it. It's like, you kind of like, oh, he's too dumb. What's going to happen? He can't save the day. What about Constantine, Kelly Wand? Would Constantine apply? Oh, because that's good direction. <laughs> and script. And, and acting. I think, I think Keanu Reeves is, is fantastic in Constantine, and I know there's, a, there's someone else on the podcast who will back me up on that. And also the writing isn't bad. I said and, that. And and it's got Gavin Rossdale. Mm. What about the Manitou with Tony Curtis? Uh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what? I hate people. Uh, Kelly Wan, since you hate us, what's our 3x3 uh, three three for next week? Oh, I'm very excited. Um, it's Tom will know why I'm doing this. Dingus may suspect, but it'll just annoy him. The three best weddings. <laughs> Very good, Kelly Wand. Three best See weddings. What I did All there. Right. Yeah. And, mm. and I kind of want to cut you off before you uh, start talking because I'm worried you're going to screw it up. But is there anything you feel you need to say? Go ahead and say what you're going to okay. say. Okay. No, no, nothing. I just, uh, I, good. I like this. Three it can be ones. any denomination if that's what you're worried about. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, you know, yeah, don't say anything. Three best weddings is cool. Dingus, do you have any questions for uh, Kelly Wand? I'm not going to. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give him an opening. Uh, good. All right. So join us that for that next week for our three best weddings. We will be seeing <sighs> X-Men. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm looking forward to the movie, but God, what a stupid title. X-Men First Class. Because uh, it's too airline seat. 
related. I don't. Why would you? It's just, it's. And they also have a fl- they also have a plane that they fly around in. So there's like, oh, it's first class on the plane that they have. Actually, see, the thing is, I think it's about them when they're like younger. So is it their first time in class? <laughs> it just sounds stupid now. It's either they think very highly of themselves, or no, I don't get it. if it's school they never graduate from. That's another thing I don't get. I don't, it's, I don't. it's a school, but they just stay there, and they they they're heroes. Oh, it's the, the Doctor Xavier's Academy or something. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's, how is that a school? I mean, what what are they learning? Well, just we're gonna power. We're gonna find yeah. out. This is gonna be the, about their first day in class. So we'll be seeing that next week, and uh, we'll talk about it on the podcast. We will do our three by three of uh, best weddings. Uh, and I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by uh, Christian. Mc- Good Lord, what Makarski? How do you say that? Christian Makarski. It's difficult. There's a there's a K in it, like I, I got knife. That. I like, got like <laughs> a knife. Oh, that's right. I cut you off. That's a great. I I love when you quote Hangover too, Dingus. <laughs> no, you do. It's Christian Makarski and Kelly Wand. Body switch movie: A zombie switches bodies with a mummy. Huh? <laughs> Dumbass ain't no box of chocolates. Huh, Dingus? Is he ignorant or just plain evil? That's my quandary. Oh. <laughs> huh, Tom? 